Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to another Unregimented. I'm Aaron, uh, filling in for Chris as the, the, I guess, the host duties. Yeah, at least the, the announcer. Guy who says the the intro stuff and the outro. Yeah, and uh, I am joined by Rich today. Yes, I'm people. here. And we also have a special guest, Todd. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thanks for joining us today. Filling in on short notice. Be there. <laughs> Well, I mean, no more than usual, but, you know. Hello, boys. How are you? <laughs> Hi. So, Can I do the rest of the intro? Uh, do you, uh, do what, you know what it? Else <laughs> what else is there to say? You, yeah, you, uh, it's the Unregimented Podcast, episode, I think, 227. You're on the oh, net network. Go check out all the other shows, including the Escaping the Cave podcast with, with, with Toddzilla. It's a wonderful podcast, boys. Uh, yes, there wonderful, you go. Wonderful. How was that? And, and since we're since we're cross promoting, hopefully, the- Sporgy with with Todd doing our MLB season preview here soon, like in the next week or two. That that is not a hopefully. I will be glad to sit in on an MLB episode of Sporgy. Awesome. So I, you know, I'm really glad that you're joining us today, Todd, because this has been the last week has been a lot of stuff that I think we've talked a lot about. Uh, you know the big stories of guns are still in the news. Trump and Stormy Daniels, and Trump and Russia, and Trump and tariffs. I mean, this is all stuff that that we've touched on before. So I think we need a fresh perspective mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. And okay, and the the one thing that I surprisingly hasn't been pushed completely out of the news by all the other scandals is the issue of guns. And, yeah, you know, I guess I'd just like to start with kind of breaking down uh, some of this. The, the idea of arming people, of arming teachers, putting more people with guns in the schools. Is there any aspect of this that is positive? I mean, it, I can't see a good angle on this. And I'm wondering if I'm. Am I crazy, or is it possible that we could actually stop random gun violence with armed teachers? No, there's no positive spin here, Rich. I I I have to defer to what Chris said. I don't think the answer for gun violence in schools is more guns in schools. Right, and I'm a, I'm very I'm very much firmly in the Second Amendment. You know. Uh, not necessarily Charlton Heston's my president, my cold dead hands type shit, but I'm definitely probably more pro gun than, than I'd say Chris or Aaron. That's just, I mean, I don't know. I I'm I, not, I, I, I can't say you guys are anti gun though. That's the thing. So it's kind of like not anti gun. I don't. I, I guess I, I couldn't say that I, I I can't imagine an instance where I'd want to own one. I you know who knows what's going to happen, but. Certainly, at this point in my life, and every point up until now, 
I haven't felt like I needed to own a weapon of some sort. Well, I mean, I've, I've owned... fired a number of different weapons, and I have, you know, many family members who have weapons. You know, I've owned handguns at various points in my life. Twice was because of the jobs I was working. I had to have one because I was on call 24-7, and I had to be armed for that job. And then once was just because I wanted one, and I was living in an area that wasn't exactly all that great. And I'm a firm believer if you break in my house and I'm home, you fucked up. So that's that's why I had it. Um, but I'm not a gun collector. I'm not a gun aficionado. I don't have a gun safe. You know, with like... Right. like I would much rather have a rack of Stratocasters than a rack of, you know, of, of rifles. But that's just me. Um, yeah, I spent, um, I spent about uh, three months in Peru over the winter. And one of the podcasts that I just did was with the, uh, the guy who owned the hostel down there. And I think in the episode I did with you guys back in January, I shared the anecdote of how he was awoken at three in the morning with three guns in his face up in this hostel at 12,000 feet up the Andes Mountains. Yeah, you told us about that. And before I went down there, I spent a better part of a month there after the break-in. No law enforcement, blah, 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 blah. I came back more appreciative of the Second Amendment than when I went. I'm not anti-gun either. I don't, you know, I don't know very many fucking people that are, to be honest with you. I don't know a lot of people on the left that are looking to abolish every firearm in the country and go door to door and seize them. I know a few and I want to smack them in the face, but really there aren't that many people who are just anti every gun. Most of the talk that I hear about is about uh, gun control, new legislation, keeping guns out of crazy people's hands, getting rid of assault weapons and all this. To get back to the original point, is there anything positive that can come out of arming teachers or, you know, the new uh, idea du jour of putting veterans in schools with these weapons to protect the children? Oh, I haven't well, heard that one. Yeah, that's, that's making, that? it's making its rounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Don't you want a guy with PTSD who thinks that everybody looks like someone from the Taliban? Don't you want that guy running around the, the halls with second graders? I mean, there's something that's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to put guns in teachers' hands, if they're going to put veterans in schools or not. But something's going to happen where some guy is going to fly off the handle. He's going to think someone looks too suspicious and doesn't, you know, bow down to his marine orders that he gives him. And he's going to he's going to open fire on somebody and kill somebody who's not even there to harm anyone. How is this a good idea? And I meant what I said. No, I don't think there is one positive that can come out of this. Or you're going to have a teacher that has that it has gone off the deep end and didn't get the raise this week, and the, the teachers' union failed to give them their 10%, and is going to go and, and you know, then they can carry weapons into the, into the classroom to make some sort of a political or social statement. How is this a good idea? I don't see any positive angle to any of this. Putting more guns around children. Well, I don't I, see it. I, spe- I especially, no. I, I'm especially hesitant with the veterans be- being posted in schools because isn't one of the battle cries of the left that the right loves veterans when we got to send them to war but does nothing for them emotionally, physically, whatever through the VA once they get back stateside, and if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would you want people who can't get the help that they might need 
to be heavily armed around your children, like you said. That's exactly right. what I mean. You know, I mean, speaking of mental health issues, if you want to say that that this issue of gun violence is primarily a mental health issue, well, let's talk about all the veterans that you don't give proper mental health care to. Exactly, and, and there's another there's another thing that, that I just want to say. And how did most veterans that die by a gun? It's the trigger's pulled by their own hand. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just want to. This is just how I feel. I'm not trying to speak for anybody else, but you know, I come from a very military family. If things would have turned out different, I'd have probably had at least somewhat of a career in the military. Yeah. I can tell you for a fact, joining the military does not make you a good person. There's a lot of shit birds in the military. There's a lot of fucking scumbags. There's a lot of people that walk in there and go, why do you want to join? Because I want to kill people. And hey, Rich. I was, in the, I was in the military for a very short period of time. Most people are shocked when they hear that the first time, when they first learn that. And you're absolutely right. Some, it, 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 it blew that whole noble veteran, sort of noble soldier mentality that everybody's going in to protect the flag and protect our freedom there even in the fucking navy dude people that are going to go you know be a boiler made on a frigate somewhere join the navy because they wanted to go and and have license to fuck somebody up exactly and or couldn't get into truck driving school one of the two i we need to stop this <laughs> you know one of the one of the, the tenets of classic fascism is deification of both law enforcement and the military and the whole notion that we have to deify and praise and kneel down and bow down before everyone who's ever put on a military uniform is that whole notion is ridiculous. And you're you're absolutely right when you say that. I know you say you weren't in the military, but you know people who went in the military, don't you? Whole lot of them. Yeah, and how many of those were just not the best human beings you'd ever probably could create out of clay? A, a lot more than I'm comfortable admitting on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's and just how being many honest. came back just as bad, if not worse? Uh, quite a few. And especially yeah, people who saw combat. Not, yeah, not all of them. I mean, there are a lot of people that, that the military provided structure, discipline, and they come back better human beings. I'm not saying that everybody that goes in the military comes out all fucked up. A lot do. No, and, and coming back worse than you went in isn't necessarily... A negative thing, and we've had this conversation before. When I use, is that a negative thing to come back worse? If if it's a, if something happened to them and they come back with PTSD, right, that falls under mental illness. Yes, and once again, personal attack. Yeah, once again, oh, so many people when they hear me say the term mental illness, they go, "Well, why are you stigmatizing?" It's like, no, no, you're stigmatizing. I'm not. Mental illness is something most people have to some extent or, or another. And once again, it's just like with the sexual assault shit. Rape is not the exact same as catcalling. Right. Being prone to having depression is not the same as being a a psychopath. There's a world of difference between the two. And that's not the way our binary brains work. We just want left, right, one, two. You know, we just want simple choice. So when I say they came back... Well, they may I, have came back, I guess, damaged. But see, there's right. there's a connotation that comes with that. But but that's something that the the quote unquote common man would have to own up to the fact that 
that these these people that they uh, put on this pedestal that they couldn't enjoy their freedoms without are coming back fucked up. They they would have to in order to accept that as a fact, they'd have to own up to the fact that <laughs> that they're okay with it. Yeah, we can't well, be that honest with let's ourselves. Ad- let's address two things there. Yeah. These people that say that they couldn't be enjoying their freedoms without these veterans are full of shit. You know, nobody has fought for our freedom. No. Our freedom. We have missiles. At least since the Civil War. We don't really need foot soldiers. (laughs) No. We're okay there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's just. That's just utterly ridiculous. No, so you would say the military is mostly just crowd control for other nations. So you'd say you'd go so far back as the Civil War. If you're black, yeah. Somebody fought for your freedom in the Civil War if you're a black guy. I'm not. I'm I'm white as snow. Nobody's fought for my freedom. Fuck, I don't even know when. I don't consider the revolution fighting for my freedom or my ancestors' freedom. Yeah. You know, maybe to get rid of some, you know, taxation without representation. Hey, they just you know, maybe to get rid of that horrendous British accent. But other than that... I can't think of when anybody's actually gone to war to protect my freedom or my ancestors' freedom. Maybe the War of 1812. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll grant that. So we're I mean, that's just a couple of hundred years beyond. <laughs> I mean, we can almost do a whole podcast on the fact that World War One and Two is so... I don't know. I just find that fascinating because it's like, I, yeah, we've never been invaded per se well, but we were okay, but, in 1812 but, but, but what i'm saying <laughs> is it's like down the canadians yeah d- 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 i mean but what he's I, I don't think that what he's saying precludes i mean it doesn't necessarily mean that world war one and two were were uh unwise let's not be, wars to get let's into. not be black and white now let's not fall into this black and white of course there's nuance there i'm not saying world war ii was fought for bullshit reasons nor world war one obviously Wait. someone's freedom was at risk there i think the polish would be you know arguing if i'd said that we didn't fight for anyone's freedom yeah over that period of time but they're not going and fighting for our freedom well i think also and that's why i i have i'm my sphincter tightens up like a vice when I hear that the veterans are over there fighting for our freedom in Iraq. No, you stupid, ignorant motherfucker. No, they are not. See, now, I, I would agree with you there, and I would say that, I, and when I hear it, I hear, you know, it's rough because my dad was a Vietnam veteran. My one grandfather was a veteran of World War II in Korea, and my, grand, my, my grandfather was, was drafted. And he did two tours in World War II and then a tour in Korea. And he just, he came from a time when, well, you were drafted, your country needed you, this is what you did. My dad joined the Air Force thinking, because his father told him, you don't want to be drafted. You want to join the Air Force, get three hots and a cot. And he joined the Air Force and he got fucked up anyways because it was Vietnam. And his attitude was... He told me this during the first Gulf War conflict. He said, you know, if this turns into another Vietnam and you turn 18 and they reinstate the draft, I'll drive you to Canada myself. I'm not sending you or your little brother to go die in some bullshit war. You know, I, I, we don't have a draft 
now, but when he, you know, he explained to me, when I was your age, we did. It was a preemptive strike on my point to keep from being in the Army. Or like they used to do, go, oh, we got a bunch of people here to join the Army and not enough for the Marines. Line up, count off, one, yeah. two, one, two. Everybody step forward. It said two. You're now in the Marine Corps. Semper Fi, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh, shit. He, he's like, I don't want that. And I'm like, all right. And it was weird because here's a man who I feel was proud of his military service. But I don't think he was in the ways that, like, we're talking about when people go, he fought for our freedom. You know, he was just like, I, I did I did what, I. it's fucked up because it's, it's, it's a generational thing. He did what was expected of him because that's what, ha that's what his grandparents and his father did. And yet yeah. with us, I don't you know, feel it's that way that much with us. I think we're kind of evolved past that point of thinking. And when yeah, I say us, know, I mean us on this, on this you, podcast. You nailed, you nailed it when you were talking about the gray area. There is no gray area. Again, we're like Joseph Goebbels' wet dream here. It's you. Everything has to be so fucking simplistic. It, 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 there are millions of people that would listen to what I just said, and they would infer that I'm saying that I hate everyone who's ever been in the military because I'm not praising them as, you know, someone who's standing outside my door making sure that oppression and communism doesn't come through the, the threshold. There's a whole big gray area in between these two things. And it's really bizarre. Don't you think it's how bizarre is it that if you don't, to a lot of people, I'm not saying everyone, you know, if you can't keep up with I'm I'm sick and fucking tired of making that disclaimer. I'm not going to make it anymore. <laughs> Just understand, use some human common fucking sense that I'm not saying these things about everyone. Right. Sorry. Sorry about the Anyway, <laughs> how fucked up is it that if you don't say that you're absolutely deify this group of human beings that so many people will say that you, you they'll infer in their little simian monkey lizard fucking brains that you're saying you hate them and they're all despicable. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, one of my favorite episodes of the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, when it, uh, they, they, uh, somebody's like relative comes home from their service somewhere, and everybody in the group uh, yes, is standing yes. around. Is, Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And of course, it gets to Larry, and he's like, "Hey, I have a nice trip." <laughs> and, and everyone's Everybody like, why, else, why do you have to be an asshole? He's like, I'm not an asshole. Everybody, everybody has to say it. Don't you think he gets sick of that? But that yes. is the name of the episode. And if, if, if I, you listeners have, if if you haven't seen that episode, it's called "Thank You for Your Service." It is the last season to curb your enthusiasm, but it's fucking wonderful. Yes, it's perfect. So, uh, but okay, so we kind of got Let off. Let me put a bowl on that. Let me put a bow on that. I want. Yes. I want. There's one other point I wanted to make to that because the, the, it's what you're. Which, what we're dealing with here. I, I mentioned Joseph Goebbels a minute ago, and he was, of course, for the less educated among us that don't know, he was Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister and one of the higher ups in the Nazi regime. And by the way, did you guys know that the sooner and the more often that you invoke Hitler in your podcast, the more listeners you'll get? Did you know that? So there's the first reference to Hitler, which should have gained us at least 15 downloads. Oh, but Goebbels start came up with this concept. Him in every episode, <laughs> even if we don't talk about him. I know he's been always but talking about Hitler. What, one of the uh, the primary uh, tenets and uh, methods of Joseph Goebbels and, the, and Hitler, uh, you can go read up on all this if you want to, was that you keep things very, very simple. 
you keep you do not invoke nuance into your propaganda at all because according to Goebbels and according to Hitler and according to Todzilla, people are fucking stupid. They cannot keep things in their heads. They cannot keep complex thoughts in their heads. They need buzz phrases. They need little bumper stickers. They need shit that rhymes. They need things like, and Mexico's going to pay for it. Just little stupid things that they keep in their heads. And that's what we're, that's what happens here when you, 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 you start uh, lamenting the loss of gray area between one side and another. That's what's fucking happening. It's because they're... I, I guess if you want to start the media conversation, I guess we can start it here because that's what the media – the media understands this and knows people better than people know themselves. They don't want nuance. They want clear black and white because they're too either lazy, busy, or just fucking stupid to understand these nuanced conversations with these gray areas. And I, 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 I invite you and Rich tonight, if you have any liquor in the house, to take out a shot glass – Put the bottle in front of you, and every time we start talking about there's no fucking gray area, take a shot. <laughs> we both have to and work we'll tomorrow. See. We should have done this toy show <laughs> <laughs> on the weekend. Yeah, this is, well, that's, this is a tactic that, I mean, Trump has certainly seemed to have perfected, but this is a common Republican tactic. And even it's a, a fascist tactic. And even a criticism of Democrats, and, oh, they're so, so complicated, you know, a, a, a Democrat can't even win an argument with themselves, you know, and, and people right. just fall asleep. And yeah, well, Republican not, gets up there let, and has some slogan that rhymes, and everyone's like, "I remember that shit." Yeah, let's not make you know, let's not make a false equivalency here, or maybe a false disequivalency here either, because I, I've sat down and I've tried to have conversations with liberals, dogmatic, liberal extremists, the Green Tea Partyists, and I, I've tried to have conversations using conservative concerns in the argument and you can't reach them either you know i i had a i talked about it uh, in the beginning of, of one of the last podcasts i did I, uh, w I i said something critical of the me too movement and i i mentioned that i thought all of these uh, blanket accusations without proof just sort of labeling uh people as sexual predators without yeah. any sense any sort of due process without any sort of proof at all reminded me of mccarthyism and a little bit of the salem witch trials right just simply for that that simple um, uh, uh, sort of Damon. similarity. And I immediately got a text after he listened to it from a fucking lawyer, <laughs> one of the smartest motherfuckers I know. And he basically said that I was now a Tea Partier because I was against the Me Too movement. How the fuck does this happen? I mean, how is, is reductionist the right word? Yeah, reductionism. Am I, I, I don't know why that's echoing in my head, but how is it that smart people, people who are fucking brilliant, this guy is a successful lawyer, graduated, graduated from Cornell Law, and he immediately takes it from, oh, he doesn't like the Me Too movement, to, oh, he's a fucking teabagger now. Do I seem, you guys have known me for a few years. Am I a teabagger? I would, would no. No, not at all. <laughs> Have you ever heard anything, anyone, is there a more ridiculous adjective for me? Uh, I've no, spent years railing against that. Even at, your, even at your most, when I met you, at your most... Intoxicated. Railing <laughs> against the, 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 you know, the teabaggers, you still yeah. never came off like a Kool-Aid drinking ideologue 
coming from the left. You had you had criticism for them. It's just at that at that point in time, your criticism was more directed at the teabaggers. And I mean, it, and yeah. right now, case in point, I when Aaron said, you know, that's a tactic of Republicans. It's become a tactic of the left too, is to boil things Absolutely. down to just a binary choice, left or right. Yep. You know, black and white. Exactly. Right. And, no and, and and it's because they see it's working. Just like the right has learned from, what, 20, 30 years of politically correct mm-hmm. victim, victim, you know, where do you fall on the victim totem pole? So that gives you victim victimization capital to right. run with. And so the right is going, oh, well, we're being attacked. Gun owners are being attacked, and white males are being white attacked. Christians, Christians are there's a Bible. war on Christmas and babies. Really? Yeah. You know, oh yeah, and it's like they've they they give and take each other's tactics. They well, yeah, they it's they 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 basically rip them off. They just mimic each other. And you know, my when you when you talk about my railing against the Tea Party, I wasn't so much railing against conservatism back in the day. I was railing against. I maybe I couldn't articulate it really well at the time, but I was I was railing against extremism. And you're absolutely, dude, I, I mentioned the Green Tea Party once, maybe twice, I'm going to mention it again. That's exactly what's happening to the liberal movement today. They have adopted exactly like you said, Rich, they've taken the tactics they've seen succeed with the Tea Party starting in about 2009 or not 2010, and they've adopted them to themselves. Did you know that Dianne Feinstein and Mario, not Mario Cuomo, gov- uh, the governor of New York, the Cuomo guy, is going to be, they're both going to be primaried. You remember the word primaried back in 2010? That the activists were going to primary these established re- Republicans? The exact same fucking thing is happening because the establishment Democrats, fucking Diane Feinstein, I think Claire McCaskill was another one in this Cuomo mayor in New York. They are not sufficiently radicalized enough for this extremist base. So what's going to happen here? We've seen this play out. Well, that's that's unfortunately what when when two, when when we did the show live on election night in 2016, I said the worst thing that can happen to the Democratic Party is that it could split to where you have the so-called progressives who they worship at the altar of identity politics. They want to split everybody up by whatever gets you the most victimhood capital that the, they, that you can get. So if you're a, a trans white woman, <laughs> you're trumped by a gay black woman because, well, she's right. gay and she's black and she's a woman. And you're trans and you're gay. Or you're trans, but but you're you know you're still white. So right there, boom, you're lower on the on the victimhood totem pole. And I was worried about the the Democrats splitting between those people and then what we can what we consider liberals, which aren't really liberal at all. The Clinton yeah. liberals, you know. And Clinton is Clinton is to me, Clinton is right of center. Same thing with Hillary. I mean, it was pandering to, to you know, it, it, with Hillary was, I'm with her. I'm with her. I have a vagina, so you should vote for me if you want to be on the right side of history. And it's like... Imagine Vag 2016. You know, I, I supported Obama in 2008, 2012, not because he was black, not because it was historic, 
Because that shit doesn't matter to me. It's because, first of all, John McCain and Sarah Palin. One heartbeat away from President Palin. Fuck that. And I'm sorry, but Mitt Romney and his magic underwear gnomes can go fuck the hell off. I'm sorry. I don't want any more bullshit. Tell me when, Lord. People in the fucking White House, their hand on the goddamn trigger. That's one of the things I'll say about Trump. He's got the evangelicals fooled. But honestly, that man is not a Christian. He ain't waiting for God to tell him when to press the button and bring Armageddon. Now, he's waiting for... I don't... don't, He's waiting for Owen to go... Fuck you, not that the Trump and not, it'll, it'll not blow that, the world. Not that the man needs any more listeners, but I was listening to Joe Rogan uh, not too long ago, and I think it was the uh, uh, Stephen Pinker podcast, and he was talking about uh, how people. It's not about ideology anymore. You, you just said uh, what triggered this thought was when you said that it, that he's fooled the evangelicals. He's not a Christian. There is no nothing more ridiculous than Donald Trump propping himself up as an evangelical Christian or one of the Lord's sheep or whatever you want to call it. And they went into, they, they went into something really interesting on that. Pinker did anyway. I think Rogan just sort of sat by. But these people, it's beyond tribalism now. It's uh, where they don't care about the truth to the point where they will just digest anything coming out of whoever, whatever symbol figure, whatever avatar is leading their chosen party this week, this year, this election, election cycle. I think Donald Trump, he was right when he said he could kill somebody in the street and still not lose any support because people will do the mental gymnastics themselves to justify and rationalize however, uh, whatever bullshit they want to in their head. Oh, you absolutely. don't have to fool people anymore. You don't have to trick them. They will do the, the, the mental work for you. Right. Well, because Donald we- Trump, a Christian? Yeah, we're, we're electing leaders like we would pick a lawyer. Like, yeah, yeah they're despicable, but they're going to get shit done. That's a very good I point. I don't even think I think that's too much credit, brother. <laughs> I think I think we're electing people because they're not well, they're not a Democrat. Or they're not a Republican. I'll vote well, for this piece of shit just because he's not that. Yeah, but you well, let's what, talk about what get shit, shit done is. means. I mean get shit done means like protect coal miners' jobs and stop babies from being aborted and you know, the, the your your core issues that you want to see done. Yeah, the, the, those these people are probably voting for whoever is going to be a Republican, but they like Donald Trump because he's he has uh, the the lack of moral fortitude to actually play the game dirty. I feel like I feel I like we as a, as a voting public are looking for a divorce lawyer who will represent us. And we want the most shark savage divorce lawyer we can find. And so if you're a Republican, you us. yeah, so if you're a Republican, you look at the candidates and you go, who's the one that'll fucking rip someone's throat out, throw their dead body up on the fucking polygraph machine, sit down and say, I didn't do it and pass. That's the guy I want. And, and, and the Democrats, they like to pretty it up and, and, and make it a little bit more flowery. And that's where I at least I, I give the Republicans a begrudging respect. I know where I stand with them. The Democrats try to fucking hide behind pretty language and PC fucking, you know, buzzwords and redefining words to suit their agenda. Whereas Republicans are just like, no, I just want a savage. Fuck fuck every other country. It's America first. 
I, 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 well, I, know, I, I know where you I love them. the divorce uh, lawyer analogy. I just I'd, I'd like to see you finish it because when you go to court and say you've been divorced, I think right, Rich? Uh, yeah. Me too. So you've hired a, 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 a divorce lawyer. No hashtag. Me too. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I feel like a I feel like a freak here. Uh, so I, I you got me off track. I'm trying to think. I'm uh, seeing you two in divorce court. Um, but when you hire a divorce lawyer and you're looking for that fight each other in the for the couch, you're actually most people. A lot of people. I think in this analogy, I would, I would, I would say that uh, most people are looking not only to get divorced and not only to get a good deal out of it. They want to fuck the other guy. And I don't think it's in, in this case. I don't think it has anything to do with other countries. I don't think it has anything to do but the others, the Auslanders, the other tribe in this country. That these guys want to see. They want to elect the guy who is either going to piss off the opposition the most or do as much as he can to wipe their ass with the opposing ideology. Well, yeah. It's not about what's best anymore. It's about, it's, it's about winning. It's about your tribe beating the other tribe over the head with big sticks, That's- big rhetorical <laughs> and legislative sticks now. That, that is why Trump is still pushing ahead with the his plan for tariffs on uh, on steel and aluminum because not because it's popular with the uh any other republicans or certainly not his own economic advisor which le- that left the white house after he announced this it's because he knows it's going to play with the people yeah and his people r- right his his core voters it's he has to retain that support and it's, I guess, it's a misunderstanding of, of what these trade deals are that we have. I mean, we have trade deals because we want to have mutually beneficial relationships with other countries. It's not about, I mean, I, I guess if you look at the world in this, in this way, then you would think, well, let's fuck them over before they fuck us. Yeah. But that's not how it works. Like, you're going to fuck them over on one end, and they're going to fuck you right back on the other. It's going to be mutually mutually beneficial in the end. It has to find a stasis. Yeah. Well, trade wars have led to real wars. Certainly. You know, and... uh, I don't think I don't I don't think Oompa Loompa knows what the, the fuck he's doing. Country. I don't think he put any thought in. You know, I saw something the other day where there oh, was some it. clip about I think when he actually somebody asked him what the the tariff rates would be, he had no idea. No, well, he, <laughs> he, I, he he had a he press conference. He had a press conference and wanted to talk about tariffs and he didn't mention any numbers yeah. during his actual scripted portion. And then was like going to walk out of the room, and and one of the reporters like said, "Hey, what what are the numbers on these these steel and aluminum tariffs?" And he stops, and goes, uh, "Twenty five for steel, five percent for aluminum." <laughs> you know, because he, he shoots from right the hip, and the, yeah, and those are the numbers that he's going with now because he just he just pulled it out of his ass because he had no idea. Yeah, and really, I mean. He he just wanted to go out there and talk about tariffs, so he'd have something yeah. else to talk about. What was in the news cycle at that point? I forget. Well, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, cer- certainly the the Russia case seems to be heating the Mueller up. Investigation. The, the Mueller yeah. In- investigation, yeah, and the Stormy Daniel story isn't going away. Well, but, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what would trigger him. I mean, take, what, what take would trigger him to change the narrative all of a sudden? Was it was there something? I'm trying again. I, I I'm still in a moderate media blackout at this point. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of television. Uh, but there, there seemed, I seem to remember, it was about a week ago, I think, maybe a week ago today or tomorrow, that he, he dropped the uh, tariff bomb. What was it that was, that was dominating the news cycle a week ago? It was Mueller, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that, that's accurate. There was, a de- there was, there was some, um, somebody had flipped, or maybe someone was cooperating with the investigation, but there was some development in that investigation that was making news, and then all of a sudden he trots out on stage, and, oh, tariffs, 25%. Right, you know, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember the guy's name, I know who you're talking about, because I had never heard of him before. I was like, who the fuck is this guy, but apparently he knows some shit, and is talking The, the guy in the UAE, the UAE connection, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So wouldn't it be, I mean, what are the odds? Let me just play devil's advocate here. Let's say that Agent Orange is uh, basically just screaming fire in a movie theater to shut people up and get people off the, uh, off the scent. I mean, right. what are the odds that this never happens? What are the odds that all of a sudden some deal is reached and no tariffs? Some deal, obviously air quotes don't work on a podcast, but well, deal he's already, being in quotes. The White House is talking about how... Uh, Canada and Mexico would most likely be exempt from these tariffs. Yeah. And that's a a big portion of it right there. Then you're just dealing with the with the European Union who has I mean this is part of why the Republicans are mad about this. Right? Paul Ryan doesn't have his back on this because I think he where did they make Harley Davidson? I think it was Harley Davidson. Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to see, you know, exports of Harley-Davidson's go down because of higher tariffs that the European Union has put on that. Uh, I think another one was uh, Jack Daniels. uh, and (laughs) Harley's and Jack Daniels. Boy, that's hitting the liberal base real hard, huh? Maybe it was... (laughs) Maybe it was was like Jim Beam or something like that. It was was all Kentucky bourbon... It was all Kentucky bourbon. Okay. It was, and it was also if you were looking, continue to look at Wisconsin uh, cheese. Oh, cheese, yeah, and orange dairy ju- products. Orange juice was another one. They they picked specific. The European Union picked specific products to put tariffs on in order to hurt specific Republican lawmakers who they feel like could actually get Trump to come to his senses on this issue. I. I think that's uh, pretty ingenious maneuvering there. But that's a perfect example of what's going to happen and why trade wars are not easy to win. I don't (laughs) think – I honestly think he's playing wag the dog with the media. Sure. I don't think he ever intends – I don't think he can possibly intend to start a trade war with the fucking EU. He – yeah, he can be that. I don't want to say he can't be that stupid. I know that sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth, so therefore I will not say that. But I just can't imagine. I, I honestly, I think this is is a wag the dog thing. I think it's it's a it's a it's a smoke bomb, something to drop in front of the uh, a piece of meat to drop in front of the the media hounds to get them off of the Russia investigation. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly what this is. And I would be interested to say, I, 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 I will, I will lay this down as a prediction. And maybe I'm wrong, and I'd love to. You guys can tell me all about it if and when I am. But I'll bet you that this goes away one way or another, and nothing happens. I, it makes no sense. What what makes no sense? <laughs> the whole thing, the whole idea of tariffs on steel and aluminum. Oh, yeah, right. It makes no sense from any angle. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood you then. I thought you were saying the Russia investigation was going to go away. No, absolutely. No, no, no. The, this, the, I'm sorry. I should have. I should have specified that. No, no the I tariff the... story, the tariff bomb, right? <laughs> right, right. The tariff fart is going to. I think it's going to be one of those things that he'll be in the news media a little while. They'll be all about it, and you'll hear everybody bitching and complaining and doing, you know, their their spin and their uh, analysis on it. But it eventually just kind of falls off the face of the earth and we're on to something else well (laughs) how does this work exactly i mean is it just up to to trump and the white house to come up with these policies is this something that has to get approved by congress i think that's that was the first thing i thought what what douchebag you can you you make tariffs now emperor trump you can do this to yourself unilaterally I think that goes that speaks to the the businessman mindset that he's still I don't think he I I don't think it's possible for him to not operate under that. And in that businessman mindset, you're exactly right. He is the emperor. It is what he yeah, says that, goes. Yeah, but I, I've heard no one I, I've I've not seen any news coverage of any other process by which tariffs can become can be imposed. I've not, I've not heard one uh, talking head right. address that very question, Aaron. Can he do this unilaterally, or does he need the cooperation of Congress? Is there a process to this, or is it just Trump farts out a tariff right. one day? Yeah, because I don't know. I'm ignorant, too. It seems like it, there would be more of a process to it than just the president decides. He pulls numbers thank out God of his butt. Yeah, thank God we're ignorant about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, yeah, we haven't had to worry about this shit since when. Right. Never in my lifetime. Cittolini gets into office, and all of a sudden, oh, you probably heard the word tariff three in the morning while he was on the shitter trying to tweet something. And, oh, what's tariff? Oh, I Wikipedia tariff. Oh, tariff sound good. Me put it on <laughs> steel and aluminum. <laughs> That's probably how this happened. Jesus Christ. I'm so ashamed. I, I, I'd like to argue with you, but I can't. I mean, I... I guess I labored under the delusion that when he was first elected, and I will defend part of what I said, I think it's dangerous for when people just assume that he's W levels of stupid. I think that's dangerous because I, do I, too. I agree. I don't think W could have survived without his daddy and his last name in the business world as shrewdly as Trump did. Trump comes in, he's like a locust. He comes in, he takes everything he needs from a business, and then he leaves it. And then the only th- the only thing he has to sell is his, br- his brand. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, really, if you look at it, we talked about it before. He had a board game in the 80s. He had a fucking reality <laughs> TV show. And he put out a few books. That's his brand. Laugh. <laughs> laugh, laugh all you want. I, I, I spent a little no, time in that it. Chicago media scene and brand or Chicago or comedy scene. Sorry, and I know a little bit from my radio days about brand building. Sure. And it, 
You can laugh at the man all you want, and you can laugh at his tactics, and you can laugh at him as a human being, but he has built a brand on that fucking name, like it or not. He is. He built. He he rode that brand to the White House, fuckers. I just. So I just, you can you can laugh at him all you want, but. And then I mean, <laughs> and that's and that's just what he put out with his name on it. It's not even the, you know, cameos in movies, the mentions in rap songs. Right. Bill Gates, Donald Trump, let me in, huh? You know, I mean, that, that's a fucking yeah. almost twenty year old song. Now. If, if 20 years ago you just said when Nelly said Bill Gates, Donald Trump, let me in, who would, who would I think would be president? I'd have told you neither, but if it was one or the other, it'd have been Gates. And I here laughed we at Trump. <clears throat> laughed at the suggestion of Trump. And here we are with President Trump. And I mean, it's... it's He's the Ron Jeremy of uh, millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the one that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shit. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we got off track early about guns. and I felt like but, that went very well, though. I thought it was a natural oh, no, 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 sort no. of... A- absolutely. Yeah. But I did want to... Well, a lot of what we talked about applies to this discussion because this is the reason why we probably won't see anything get done on the issue of guns because right. it is looked at as a black and white issue. And each side has their their stance, and they're not willing to budge on it. The, I mean, unless you consider age restrictions and uh, making modifications illegal, actual progress on, on on gun laws, then this is just more nothing, right? I mean, this isn't going to make any difference. Well, first of all, well, I, I just wanted to bring this wait, up. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I should start. I should preface it this way. Banning guns wouldn't make a lick of difference. How do you? Okay, right? you're not going to ban guns. You're not going to. But even if you were able to, it Stop would not that. make a difference. No, that is not part of the conversation here. Absolutely. If you're going to if you're going to yes. invoke that rhetoric into the conversation, then we have to have a whole right. new one that's all theoretical. Nothing practical is going to be discussed. Will, you are we, not going to go. No, 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 I, agree. I think I may have asked you somebody on this podcast one at one point in time. You have kids, right, Aaron? Yes. And I, I know you do not want to do this, but let's just pretend you wanted to outlaw guns and you wanted to go seize all the guns in the country. Are you going to send one of your kids to a gun nutter's house to take his AK, his AR-47 away? No. Exactly. Who the fuck is? Right. Because that's exactly how it's going to go. Yeah, Todd, I know you said you didn't, are, you didn't... They're not going to be giving them up. I know you said you didn't listen to the last episode, but basically we went down that road for about... 10 15 minutes and i mean i can only speak from the people i know in the military people i know in law enforcement uh they're not going to go door to door and put their life on the line especially considering that most people in those two career paths are very much Mm pro-gun and believe me i know that i used to feel the same way like what are you going to do with that ar-15 when when there's a tank or a drone rolling up on you okay well Let's just be honest. Uh, we've been getting our ass kicked in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we got our ass kicked in Vietnam by a bunch of farmers with Russian-supplied yeah. weapons. It is possible. It, it, it That's the thing. And there would be a lot of people that would go, I'm not following that order, and if you try to make me, I'm going to blow yeah. a hole in you. Get your butter bar ass out of, of my face. 
I got about 50 people in my uh, Facebook friends list, and I, I, I'll bet you 20% of them are exactly in that camp. Just to the people I know. Just to the people that I've chosen to let it let back into my Facebook sphere. Now, you're not going to their house, and they're not go- – you can go to their house, and you can say, well, the law says you have to give up your gun. And they're going to be like, come get it. But I think one of the things that I wanted to say is – the left did a great job with framing through the use of rephrasing an issue, which was gay marriage. Because when it was gay marriage, you had a lot of people who bristled at it. Yeah. You know, being yeah. gay is unnatural. Well, then it became marriage equality. Right. And that was, well, of course everyone has the same right to be miserable as I do. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you suffer through monogamy if you choose to. Okay. Right. The, the right and the NRA has done that by saying gun control because the minute I say control it's human instinct to go you're not going to control me who the fuck you think you are to control me but if you say gun regulation like the second amendment says a well regulated militia right hmm yeah but see that is we've you've let the NRA the people who are there solely to keep selling weapons to people, whether they need them or not, frame the conversation. Breach. And that's where I say, yes, I support the Second Amendment, but I also have read the Second Amendment, and I understand what it says. And I don't give a fuck what people who say it's a living document, it's a dead document, whatever, when they start talking about, well, they had muskets back then. They couldn't conceive of what we have now. It is there to keep... The government, honest. Period. Now, whether or not that's realistic in today's day and age, matters dick all. That's what it's there for. I would I would say that I would be a little more specific about that. It's not the government. Because, uh, from my understanding anyway, and I've had several conversations with folks about the Second Amendment. Let's just put it that way over the last five or six years. And the the... Initial words in the Second Amendment contain the words, as you said, well-regulated militia, something down the line of being necessary to protect the country, something like that. Uh, So I've always asked these gun nutters, these Second Amendment scripture fundamentalists, which well-regulated militia they belong to, and their, you know, buttholes seize up and they can't answer me. Uh, The point is, though, I think the point I was headed toward was that the well-regulated militia is not there to protect us against the government, per se. It's there because it was written into the Constitution, if I have the understanding correctly, that the uh, government could raise an army in times of national distress, right? They didn't have a standing army at that point. The founders right. and the framers of the Constitution were, were almost universally against a standing army because they saw that as a tool not only that could be used against us, but could also be wielded against our neighbors and getting involved in you know foreign entanglements. They were really isolationists uh, when they wrote the Constitution or the, the, the uh, Bill of Rights, whatever. So the militia was there as a safeguard against the standing army. So in other words, if, uh, I don't know, President Finkelfuck decided to raise an army and then, you know, put troops in the streets to oppress the people, then the people would have their guns and they could go out and they could sort of uh, stand up against this oppressive standing army. I know it sounds like I'm talking about the same thing, 
that against the government, but it's not. It was specifically designed, I think, as a counterbalance to a standing army rather than, uh, you know, like Trump. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it makes, there's, there's, it makes sense. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it seems like it's a very fine line, but I think it's a very significant distinction because a lot of people that you talk to who are very pro-Second Amendment, very pro-gun, are also veterans, and they think that that being a veteran somehow equates to, like, I should have a gun because... Okay, dude, the connection you're making here is because they were trying to build, ensure that the militia could stand against what you once were. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like there's, they don't, I don't think people understand this. I don't think they think about it all that much. Well, uh, having said all that, I think that honestly, the left needs to do what they did once again with the gay marriage to marriage equality. And they need to stop saying gun control and they need to just accept the fact that yes, you said it, you said it best earlier. There's very few people I know who are like, take all weapons away from Americans. Just take all handguns, bolt action rifles. Doesn't matter. Just take them all. And those people are living in la la land. Those are the same people that think, you know, I don't know. The world's flat. Okay, so we, we just have to deal with... We have idiots well, in this world. Well, right. I mean, it's like there's people that live in cities with major transportation that just can't imagine why everybody needs a car every, everywhere else in America. Exactly, because yeah. they don't live in that area. Exactly. And, you know, and there's, there's people who live in areas where they just can't imagine why they would ever have to have a gun. Like myself. Living in upstate New York, I can tell you. But I'm not completely oblivious to the fact that there's plenty of people who, you know, need and utilize these things. And That's even what, if they just want to idolize them and jerk off to them, I'm all for that, too. Well, like I said, living in upstate New York, it was a very poor area. And I was shocked coming from living in densely populated areas of Michigan, Tennessee, Florida, to see these, I mean, we're talking people who, some of them didn't even have necessarily, like, a furnace. They had, uh, what do you, uh, Wood stove. Thank you. And seeing them hunt for meat. Yeah. That's how their family ate meat. And I'm like, this is 1998. Are you kidding me? There's no Kroger around here? Can't afford it. But I have this. I have this hunting rifle that was my my dad's, and when he died, I have it. They did the. They they, they made their own ammunition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It it really, if you want to get right down to it, aren't they showing more of the good old American ingenuity, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, individuality, than mm-hmm. the rest of us standing in line at the deli? Sheer independence. Yeah. Well, something something that's something that has wrongly been vilified because it's been attached to a group of people that it should never have been attached to. And that's, that's, that may be a whole nother, another subject, but it's just, I, I, I get pissed when I hear people say Republicans are for small government. Democrats are for big government. Republicans want you to be independent. Democrats want you to be dependent upon the government. I'm sorry. Do you not have eyes? Republicans love big government. Look at Reagan. Look at Bush. Look at W. I mean, come on now. These these weren't guys. That, mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't do their best 
to whittle us down to the bare minimum of what we you know we need from the government and the rest of it to be the free market taking care of itself i mean if they did we wouldn't have the the, the laws we had they deregulate certain parts of the financial world and they go that's small government no it's helping your buddies is what it is helping the people who put the money in your fucking yeah. in your coffers right uh, yeah getting slimming down government to them was just getting rid of what they uh named entitlement programs they didn't want to give up any of the control or, or anything. They weren't anti-regulation unless it actually interfered with somebody's business. Exactly, and that's why oh, yeah. that's why well, I bristle at we, them being labeled as they're the ones that want independence. Jesus Christ! You want you want a, a really good example of how ridiculous the small government conservative argument is. You don't even have to go back very far. You saw when uh, Delta down in Atlanta decided that it was going to end its discount relationship with the NRA after that shooting in uh, in Florida uh-huh. the 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 fucking lieutenant governor of Georgia decided he was going to go in and, and tell Delta that if they didn't reinstate this discount for the NRA that Delta was going to lose its tax breaks in the state of Georgia now, how is this? You you explain this to me, please, for the love of fuck. How is this small government? How is this getting government off your back? And, you know, some people thought that it was just like some stupid threat coming from the lieutenant governor. I think I read that the Georgia legislature actually passed the re, uh, some bill revoking the tax break to Delta because they decided that the NRA's image was too toxic to be associated with. Tell me how this is in any fucking universe, how this is small government. Well, also, why is it okay for the government to say they're not going to do business with the NRA? Or, excuse me, why is it okay for Delta to say they're not going to do business with the NRA because they don't agree with their stance on, on, on political issues, yet a cake maker gets in trouble because he won't make a cake for a right. gay couple? Or, Absolutely. Or even look at look at the, the subject of tariffs. I don't... Even that could be considered uh, big government because shouldn't this just be the free market and and business unregulated businesses that that uh, allow the economy to thrive on its own? Isn't that yeah. the idea that 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 government should just get out of the way? But now there's certain fragile yeah. industries in the U.S. that need to be protected. They can't be competitive goes, with China. It, the airlines post nine eleven. Right. I mean, it, it, the car. I wasn't for the bailout in the car industry of the car industry. I mean, I think it was economically probably a wise thing to do, but as a moral stance, I was against it. No, those fuckers fucked up on their own. They should rot. That's the free economy. <laughs> I just got a great drop. Awesome. <laughs> no, you're right though. It goes. It, this this goes back to man. I'm telling you, I have I. Hmm. I don't know if I want to steer the, the the conversation in this direction too far. I won't. But I've I've struck a vein in the other in my podcast about trying to stop blaming external forces. You know, like Democratic Party or the Republican Party or the media or this. This is a fucking people problem, man. This is us. That people can't see this. They refuse to just look at all all the things that we've just been talking about. You don't need to be fucking Einstein to see it and connect dots and say, hey, you guys are just fucking full of shit. You're not a small government. 
It's a fucking bumper sticker slogan, but people refuse to fucking do that. And it takes me back to this gray area, Joseph Goebbels things. I was the thing I was talking about at, at the beginning, because all you have to do is you have to associate two things in somebody's fucking mind, small government, independence, you know, that kind of thing, and Republican. And people will, that's all they fucking remember. Keep it simple. Keep it, People can't keep things in their head. They cannot keep complex ideas Anything beyond a slogan or a bumper sticker in their fucking heads. They refuse to think that much. Joseph Goebbels, baby, he wrote a little tiny pamphlet on propaganda. Go read it. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking. This isn't any, nobody, there's no fucking oppressor here. This is just willful ignorance run amok. Now, people can't, they refuse to see anything beyond what they want to see. And anything that all the only thing that they are willing to see is what fits into the narrative they've adopted and identify with. Beyond that, if you can tell me that the state of Georgia yanking a tax break from Delta because they don't want to do business with a toxic organization is small government, you show me that, I'll shut the fuck up. But till then, help me out here. I, I don't I don't know what else to do. Well, also there's the the you know the pesky facts that get in the way, which is. When independent journalism looked into how many NRA members had actually used that discount. It's hilarious. It's 13. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. It's that's, like the AARP. Like the number 13. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's 13 <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. It's, it's no, like the AARP. It, it, when you hit 50, you get your membership card. If you pay your dues, you yeah. can get, what, five cents off a cup of coffee somewhere? Do you ever use it? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe the, the extreme couponers do. Most of us don't. We'll just fucking pay the extra five cents, just not have to dig through our fucking wallet for our stupid card. You know? Crack me up when I read that. And, but, but once again, if they frame it as this huge issue, mm-hmm. you'll get people to take a side on it who don't even care oh, yeah. about the facts. I mean, the Twitter couldn't stop patting itself on the back. Oh, look at... Look at what we're doing. All these companies are, are are disassociating themselves from the NRA. This is progress. Like, well, okay. And, 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 yeah, it's a mob. And another thing I, I got to take issue with is that we had, an, we had an incident here in Michigan, up at Central Michigan University, that a student apparently had something happen at school, was asked to leave, his parents came to pick him up, and he shot his parents. Yes. And this was being referred to as the shooting at CMU, as if it was the exact same thing as what happened at Vatek, right. as what happened in Florida. It's not. This it's makes a it, dem- what, 19 this year? It, well, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it, Once again, if you, if you keep moving the goalpost, yes, right. it does. Yeah. It's just like a mass shooting, I would think, would have to be double digits. No, it's more than three people. How is that a mass shooting? If... Four of us are in a car accident, and we get into an, and we all die. It's not a mass fatality. fatality. It's four <laughs> people die in a car accident. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, but goalpost moving. Let's move the goalpost. And it, and it was just constantly hammered in. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at. I pulled it up for a different subject, but I pulled up the shooting, and it's you know the shooter at CMU. No, he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't Columbine. He wasn't up in the bell tower. No, this wasn't University no. of Texas. This wasn't Charles Starkweather. This was. This was. Literally. Where was that headline? I'm sorry. 
Where was that headline? Uh, the shooter at CMU. Where did you read that? Shooter at CMU. Uh, is it like someplace in big bold letters. Uh, M Live, Detroit News. The free, the free it, put it, it really, a different it, way. It really the, doesn't the matter. Free the free put it a different just way. The reason when, I, when you said that, the reason I'll bet you money. I lay money out of it. The reason that they chose the shooter at CMU was the way it sounded. Yeah. The well, shooter at CMU. Well, also what I love you know? is the kid was black, and we've been yeah. hearing so much about all these school shootings saying, this is a white male problem. And it's like, really? Because I remember the Vatek shooter, he wasn't white. The shooter at Fort Hood, he wasn't white. The, 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 the... Oh shit! Who was the guys in the in the early two thousands? The snipers, the Beltway snipers. Oh yeah, oh, the DC, DC snipers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were two black guys. They were, right. they were, what a, a father and son, yeah. a stepdad and son, a stepson or something like that. But that doesn't get reported. It's not. Right. It's not. It, it doesn't fit. And, and see, here's the thing: it doesn't. It's not even the news is going to push that. It's here comes the people with their pet issues to push. Like one of the first articles I read on the shooting in Florida was, this is due to toxic masculinity. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, toxic masculinity? This is due to, does it play a factor? I would be stupid to deny that it might. But is it? do solely to that no but that's the way this article was was written and why was it written this way because it was an op-ed from fucking jezebel.com shocking the, the, right an op-ed from jezebel the massive the, the 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 highest the greatest purveyors of feminist toxicity or toxic feminism that i can think of but it, it's just that, that it, it, it goes. It goes back to. It goes back to. You know, we talk about it all the time on this show. And I think I would like to think. I'm not delusional enough to think that we're we have enough of an audience to make even a fucking beginning of a dent at this point. But I'd like to think the fact that podcasts are as big with people who are even older than me. Like you yeah. know, I people in there. People in their late 40s, 50s listen to podcasts. Younger people listen to podcasts a lot more than they listen to the radio. That's why radio is shit these days, because it's just something to put on at workplaces, and you play the same fucking 40 songs over and over, and they're inoffensive, and it's background white noise. But I, I would like to think that podcasts give a voice to people to go, okay, does anyone else see what I see? Because this all, this all comes off like bullshit to me. And the fact that you have a guy like Joe Rogan, who has a million listeners per episode, which blows my fucking mind. I can't even comprehend that. But that he has people from the right, the left, independent people, people who don't, people who don't have a political ideology. They're just observing the, the social... The t they're taking the social temperature of our culture... And they're just observing it and noting it, almost in a detached, somewhere on the spectrum of autism right. way, you yeah. know? As, as much as there's single-minded people who buy all this bullshit of whichever side that they've chosen, there's just as many intelligent, fair-minded people who still believe that ultimately their side is right and they have to win no matter what. So if it means, you know, claiming ignorance on certain facts... 
then that's just what it's going to take. That's the strategy. And I think it also goes back to not many people are willing to say, show me an example of your way that works and, and, and I'll acquiesce to your line of thinking. Instead, it's, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Now, it's not even about debating that example. It's not about conceding one little point, because if you concede one little point, now you're a flip-flopper. Now you have no backbone. It's about, to, it's about, to me, solely winning. And it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. And if that's all you care about, then, I don't know. No, you're you're right. It it that's something that I think I you know, as you were you were talking about that. Uh, I don't I, I don't remember my memory's not what it used to be before the internet and before we all got you know sort of isolated off into these uh, uh ideological echo chambers. I don't know if it was any worse before all this. I do know that it seems to be a hell of a lot worse now where people are almost going into like boot camp online, uh, some sort of training program to learn how to argue to win, facts be damned. Or at least give the impression in some sort of a rhetorical exchange that they've won. It's, it's almost like arguing with a lawyer or discussing theology with a priest or some theologian of some sort who's using the Bible as his basic basis of facts. It's really weird. It, it, it's something that it's, it's almost like, it, it, like you said, if you change your mind, you've lost, you've already lost the war if you concede a point. Well, if you're going to concede that, if you think you were wrong about that, what else are you wrong about? Oh, you must, you, you, you're, you're just fucking stupid. Go away. <laughs> it, there's no, there is no dedication <laughs> I'm thinking of you, Aaron. There is no dedication to reality and truth. It's just the, the it's not even winning. It's the appearance of winning mm-hmm. anymore. How do you, how do you, being able to talk, how do you up. run a, how, how do you run a society like, how do you, how do you be part of, I think I've said it before, how do you be part of a positive future in a society like that? Uh, see, I just think to, I think to the local news program we have here, that would have been a laughing stock twenty years ago because it's essentially Jerry Springer, but it's with people who should know better, and it's called Let It Rip, and it's a once a week news program where they get people of different you know ideals and 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 different you know views on the shit, and they literally scream over top of each other. For the what, entire show. What, what station is this on? Uh, Fox 2. Okay. Shocking, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's literally what it is. And it's just, it's a screaming match. And it's like what you see on, or what I, you know, I used to see on ESPN with four sports reporters giving their opinions, arguing, talking over top of each other. But that's sports. Right. That's not, yeah. we're not talking about, you know, the, whether or not you think LeBron's better than Kobe or Jordan, something that honestly, in the long run, doesn't really matter a whole lot. We're talking about the fact that, you know, like the, the, the one episode that I was able to sit through the entire thing, it was talking about 
the division between the suburbs and the city here in, De- here in Detroit, in the Detroit metro area. Mm-hmm. And it was just the same old tired shit. It was the, the two black representatives for the city basically parroting Coleman Young, digging his decrepit ass up, propping it up and going, take your white ass back, cross eight mile. And the people from the suburbs going, well, if you don't want our fucking help, then you people can fucking starve and die on your own. That's fine with us. And it's like, it's a symbiotic relationship. How do you people not understand this? But it wasn't about finding common ground and building from there. It was about, I have to prove this person wrong. I have to shout them down. And once I've shouted them down, whoever's voice gives out last won. And I mean, that's... See, that's one of the things that I, I recently heard. I can't remember his name. He's a YouTube commentator, and he was talking about this is why I can have friends of different political stripes. When, when it comes to health care, he goes, I lean towards the right. I'm more towards the free market. His brother is more towards socialized health care. In the end, what do they both want? They want better health care at cheaper prices for everybody. Right. They just disagree on the, the two routes to take there. It's when it becomes an all or nothing. Well, do you disagree that a trans person who's transitioned isn't biologically considered a male if they transition from male to female, so you're a hateful bigot and I can never be friends with you? Or, well, you're pro-choice. That means you're for killing babies. You can be pro-choice and be anti-abortion. Yeah. I am. I mean, you know, yeah. I... That's exactly what I am. <laughs> you know, when, when, when me and, and my daughter's mother found out she was pregnant, we went to Planned Parenthood. They sat us down. Well, she took the test. They came back. They put us, sat us down in the room. They said, okay, well, she's pregnant. What is on the table for you guys? And we said, we're, we, either we're going to keep it or, or give it up for adoption. And Planned Parenthood, this big boogeyman of the right... Loaded us up with pamphlets on teenage parents, adoption, and never brought up the word abortion once. But that's not what you hear when you hear politicians talk about Planned Parenthood. They make it sound like if we walked in there, that they were trying to stick a coat hanger up her fucking cooch the minute we got to the front door. And that's just not what the fuck, that's not the reality of the situation. And it, I don't think, so many people don't even go through these experiences, yet they have opinions on them. Well, I don't like Planned Parenthood because they're, they're an abortion factory. Really? Have you ever even been inside one? You know, my yeah. ex-wife and me were poor. She used to get free birth control from them. Never once had a pregnancy scare in 10 years of never using fucking uh, uh, rubbers or anything besides the birth control she got from Planned Parenthood. Period. That's all, we, that's all she used them for. Dude, you hit on something right there. You hit on something just now that is a, it, what I think is a massive problem, and that's un, uninformed opinions. And the the notion that just because you have a right to an opinion, that it's worth a goddamn thing. Well, yeah, somebody, I wish I could remember who it was on Twitter that had posted this, but basically was saying that Planned Parenthood is to the left what the NRA is to the right. Yeah. That plan that Planned Parenthood yeah. is is uh, well. I mean, first of all, that Planned Parenthood is a, is an organization. It's an organization that's government subsidized, right? It's not 
making millions of dollars out of scraping babies out of women and funneling that money to politicians to make legislation that will will go in their favor. So I, I don't see more the, abortions. I don't see the the comparison there. I mean, I, I don't know. It, yeah. You want to know how abortion is like crack? It sells itself. <laughs> You 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 know the best the best the best advertisement for abortion I've ever seen, a Chuck E. Cheese on a Saturday afternoon. All right, period. I mean Sarah the best. Sarah Palin giving a speech. The, the, exactly the best. Yeah, and Trig and whatever weird fucking name children she has popping out kids left and right by a different man every fucking nine months. And you're like, you ever get the impression that she just names her kids after like what her queefs sound like when she conceived them? <laughs> I'm just if, if, if trig that she must she must she must have had her legs crossed tight on that one. That's all I'm saying. That's why the last kid was named. Please stop. <laughs> Needed some levity here. Sorry, but no. I mean, it's look. If I myself, because of my life experiences. I'm definitely pro-choice, and I, if a woman's going, look, I'm in no position to raise this child, and for whatever reason, adoption isn't as, and, and I mean, another thing is, people think of adoption and they think of the hoops you jump through to adopt a child. They don't think about what you go through to give that child up. I mean, there's... You know, there's open adoption to where you still have contact with the birth parents. There's closed adoption. There's blind adoption. I don't know if that's really a, a big thing anymore, but I know that like 25, 30 years ago it was where you have no idea who adopted your kid. Basically, you let because the blind. Well, you know, you just let you just let the agency decide who's a good who's a good parent and who's not. I mean, which I can't imagine is still a thing, but whatever. They give blind people adopt. They're just like you pick. <laughs> they just walk in and they're just like, let me feel that it was hair. Okay, it's not kinky. There's a really good chance. It's not There's kinky. Really good we, can, we can have a we can we can, name, we can name him a Jewish name. You know what I'm saying? There's a one in three chance you're not going to adopt a kid. You're actually going to the Humane Society to drop a Pomeranian or something. Yes. <laughs> See how long it takes them to figure it out. You know, I'm almost I'm almost in favor. Yeah, I'm almost in favor Sorry. of that, which flies in the face of my personal freedom way of looking at things you start with a house plant if it dies of old age then you move on to a, a then you move on to a cat then if it dies of old age you move on to a dog then if it dies of old age you can have a kid that's about how i look at it because house plants you just Wait have a to water cats you just have to feed once every couple days dogs need a well, whole lot of on. attention i'm sorry go ahead well what age do you start with the, the house plant Instead of buying them baby dolls, give them a house plant. Okay, and then you got a okay. So that maybe maybe five six years. So fifteen years, twenty years on a cat, uh, and then 12, 15, 12, 15 years on a dog, right? Yeah, but I'm so also the dog survives. So the, the earliest you're uh, having a kid is like mid thirty. This is a great plan, dude. Honestly, you got to remember though. I'm also the type of person who, when my friends go, "Hey, we're thinking about getting married." I'm like, first of all, if you're having that conversation before 30 and you're a guy, you're stupid. And if you're having that conversation before 25 and you're a woman, you're stupid. Just don't. Yeah. Live together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just 
I don't care what anyone says, and this is this is just this is just a side rant, real quick. I don't care what anyone says. The minute that ring goes on, and the minute that piece of paper becomes legal, something changes. And people who've never been through it will argue it's the exact same thing as living together. Nope, because you can't just pack your shit and walk out. You can't do that anymore. And for whatever I reason, I've been uh, cohabitating quite happily for fifteen years. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why it ain't it ain't broke? I ain't gonna fix it. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, thirty-two years together, never got married. I mean, in Hollywood, that's Christ. That's akin to raising the dead in Hollywood is staying together for thirty-two years. <laughs> can I can I ask you one you guys one question about abortion? I I, I don't typically <laughs> yes. I don't really discuss it all that much because uh, I don't give a fuck either way. I mean. I think I could legitimately sit down if I if I had time to prepare, and I you know um, was discussing this with someone who is reasonable. I think I could argue and win on both sides of it. I just don't care. I don't care if it's legal or illegal. One way or another, both sides are right and both sides are wrong. Whichever way it goes, I think I'm okay with. <coughs> Would you guys feel the same way about that? Uh, no. I mean. Nobody's pro-abortion, right? <laughs> it's just not a thing. Uh, you know, well, actually, I, I saw say nobody. Woman, I saw, but <laughs> I saw a woman at a protest that said uh, it was carrying a sign that says that said, "My abortion was fabulous." <laughs> well, yeah, you could no, be pro, you, you could be pro your own <laughs> abortion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that nobody that everybody that's had an abortion thought that it was a, a bad idea, regretted it, or, or was shamed by it in some way. I'm just saying, like, the concept is, like, nobody looks forward to it. Nobody. Right, right. It's it's but, like it's like when I was goofing on it last week, and I said I missed my calling. I should only give late term abortions and partial birth abortions. It was poking fun at the fact that people think that that's a huge that makes up a huge number of abortions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's literally what i i'll i'll go i'll go way high and say what 5% of abortions are late term or partial birth and it's usually due to a danger to the mother's life well right but even even if you were to just ban everything but abortions that could be proven by a doctor to be a hazard to the the well-being of the mother you would still then have people having illegal abortions, having much riskier abortions. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I can't say that I don't care. Like, I want abortions to be safe and legal because that's going to save lives. I don't, that, you know, in an ideal world, nobody would have to get an abortion. They would plan accordingly or they would deal with the consequences or whatever. They would make... That would- but, a lot of people, a lot of people would argue with that when you say it's going to save lives. What about the fetuses? And that is a legitimate argument. It is. You know, you, you're and, you're going to get into this whole thing about when does life begin and blah blah blah. I'm really not interested in that. Uh, that's where, I, but that's kind of where I come from when I say I can go both ways on this. You know. You know uh, it's it's weird. I can argue and I can be swayed. I can I, I can be swayed and I can argue with both sides of this. And they, I think it, it, when it comes down to that, for me anyway, for me, just me personally, and I'm not saying everybody should do this. Why I asked? I was kind of curious where you two were at on it. 
that if you're in a situation where you can both argue for and against something, just step out the debate. You know, let it just let it happen because there's enough. I think, uh, holy shit, um, a rancor and political uh, tug of war going on with, without having to get involved. In this yeah, there's enough. There's well. enough people who who have a stake in it, who've been through it one way or the other, yeah. who can speak from a place of experience and knowledge versus just going, well, I feel this way. And to quote Aaron, and one of the, his quotes from years ago that I use all the time now, unless I'm touching you, I really don't give a fuck about how you feel. I don't want to hear about your feelings. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. I, I'm offended. Okay, you'll get over it. I don't know what... what it, you, I don't care. Now, as far as abortion... Give me a second. It's going to get a little bit dark in here for a second, but this is how I look at it. I, you know, I had a, I had a, a very close friend who went to a Catholic college, and she's not religious whatsoever, but she went there because it offered a program and it offered her the best education. Well, of course, it's a Catholic college, so of course they have debates about abortion and stuff. She was asked to debate from the pro-choice angle. And she used me as an example and said, people who are completely against abortion have never seen how badly a person can be fucked up and how bad a life can be thrown into turmoil from absentee or worse abusive parents. And then those children being stuck in the system, ground up and spit out at 18 with not even the basic survival skills you get from your parents, which is you know slim to none in the first place we've had those discussions you know most parents don't sit you down and really prepare you for life at least i guess in my generation they didn't i mean i i know a bunch of friends who don't don't you know left home couldn't balance a checkbook don't know how to do taxes etc etc but i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about dealing with normal everyday situations without resorting to every example that they've been they've been given that will get them basically ostracized from society or thrown in prison or killed. And, you know, when she told me that, I didn't get upset. I sat down and thought about it. Outside of a handful of people, what effect do I have on the world around me? And this isn't poor pity me. It's just the reality of it. And, yeah, there's a lot of experiences and shit I went through that I would rather have just chose oblivion over them. I mean, I, if you look at it like that, you know, people go, oh, aren't you scared of dying? Of course I'm scared of dying. Everyone's afraid of dying at it, to a certain extent. But the most logical way I can look at dying is, what was it like before you were born? Oh, no, I don't remember that. That's probably what death's like. Now, would you rather a life full of fucking abuse and misery or just oblivion? Because giving up a kid for adoption is no guarantee that those are going to stay with the adopted family. Foster, the foster system's full of kids who people go, I, I can't handle this kid. Can't handle it. And here, you take it off my hands. And if you think the state does a shitty job with adults, the prison system, the mental health system, you should see what they do with children because children have no fucking voice. The children's advocates in these situations are very few and far between, and people get uncomfortable talking about this shit, and so they just don't talk about it. 
Yeah, it makes me feel dirty talk about it. Or they start getting like... Or they just make it into a musical where everyone's singing all the time. Yeah, like Les Mis, Oliver Twist, you know, I mean, right. it, it, I, Annie. Annie, yeah, It's a Hard Knock, like, yeah, sure, that's it's, it's a Jay-Z song. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, so that's where, where I look at it, but at the same time, the same people who tend to be pro-birth, because I, I refuse to call most of them pro-life, because when it comes down to the brass tacks, they're not pro-life. Because if you go, oh, so you don't want any child to die in a, from an abortion? Yep. So how many kids are you adopting today? Uh, well, I've had seven, because that's what the Lord told me to have. Well, then you better get ready for eight, nine, and ten. Because they were born today because you outlawed abortion. Mm, they're not going to do it. So, but most people who are pro-birth are also against birth control, against realistic sex ed. Instead of, this is a penis, this is a vagina, you insert this here, add friction, it ejaculates, blah, blah, blah. No, they're against that. What's, so what's their answer? Abstinence. Really? Really? Because that works? You ever try... You, you, <laughs> telling kids not to fuck... When they're teenagers, is like trying to herd cats. Good luck. It just ain't going to happen. Well, I mean, come on. They have a perfect model for it. Look how well uh, Just Say No campaign went. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just <laughs> like Nancy... The, that nearly stopped the drug trade in its tracks. Just like Nancy Reagan said, um, when you're, you know, when you're walking down the street, a drug dealer will grab you, hold you down, inject you with two or three marijuanas, get you addicted, and then you're fucked. Well, that's just exactly the same thing that happens with teenagers having sex. The first dick is free. After that, you gotta pay for it. So, I mean, once they just hook you through the bag. It's just nonsense. And it's, it's, it's unrealistic responses to situations that need realistic responses. And it's because of puritanical bullshit that we still hold on to that's dead people's baggage. And I say it all the time. It's their fucking baggage. Let it die with them. Why the fuck are we still dragging around shit from 200... Fuck that. 2,000 years ago. Jesus is coming back soon. Wow. Wish he would take his time. I mean, come on, man. Anything fucking else, we would laugh our asses off at it. Bill Maher's religious list had the best part. When... There's that place in England where everybody can go and preach whatever religious thing, you know, like the soapbox area or whatever. He yeah. got up and started preaching about Scientology and everyone was laughing. And then he stopped dead in the middle of it and said, oh, yeah, because that's the bullshit one. Not the talking snake and the burning bush <laughs> and the poisonous apple who the cat has cast out of fucking paradise. It's Xenu who's the crazy one, right? That's, the, that, that's a bridge too far. Just speaking of banning things, it reminded me of my favorite quote about the uh, on the gun control debate this last week and again i wish i could uh, remember who this is attributed to but someone was trying to make the point that it's ridiculous to think that we can't ban guns in america because obviously we can ban things we had prohibition on alcohol and I'm like, I don't think that's nope, the point you want to make. <laughs> like, no. That kind of proves the opposite. Like, we can put it into law, but it won't make a lick of difference, and we'll end up taking it back anyway. That shows a woeful lack of historical understanding, whoever <laughs> yes. said that. Right, right. And when they did, everybody was sober. 
That's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Al Capone didn't make a fortune on that, right. did he? Oh, and it, and it actually, uh, yeah, crime went down, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, Capone went to prison, <laughs> and the Kennedys rose to political power Capone, all through right, bootlegging. It never happened. That's that works. I've actually went to that mythological that the, that mythological uh, Saint Valentine's Day massacre site in Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jesus. I don't. I don't understand. I. I don't. Under, I. am trying really hard here. I'm trying to keep an open mind, and I'm trying to keep you know this openness to to debate and dialogue about this. But there comes a point with this whole far left thing of uh, the moonbeamers talking about. Gun prohibition and seizing guns and all this, and I just, I, I have to just shut it down at some point. I just, I can't entertain that thought in my head anymore. It's like saying that you're going to ride a unicorn in the Easter Day parade or something. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous and so out of the scope of possibility. Let alone, think about the practical nature of this. What, what would it take to repeal the Second Amendment? Do, do any of these people talking about uh, pro- prohibiting guns and gun prohibition, not gun control, gun prohibition, have they even thought about what it would take to get that into law? Isn't it two-thirds <laughs> yeah. of the American public voting on it? First of all, two-thirds of the American it's public just, doesn't vote. No, it's not just the Senate. It's not just getting two-thirds of, of, of your representatives to vote that way. Then it has to go to the states. I mean, there's a, it's, 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 it's uh, incredibly hard to get that done. How the fuck do they see a path to this? You can't even beat Donald Trump. How do you see it? How do you see this happening? Well, I mean, there's that just also to me that goes to show you just how we talk about how stupid the public can be and is at times. But that just goes to show you that it's always the same as it ever was. Same as it ever was, because at one point, two thirds of this country were like, "Sure, let's let's get rid of alcohol. That'll solve all our problems." Yeah. I mean, I, prohibition lasted what eleven years? Not even a generation, not even a full generation, yeah. and people were like, "Oh shit! Look at this monster we've created." Yeah, but do you see the cock blocking that's going on though? The 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 sort of um, uh, not dialectical, the, the dialogue cock blocking that goes on when you throw that into the conversation. It just, it, it totally blows everything up and you can't have a serious discussion about actual, you know, solutions to the problem. If, you know, however, you can't even, A, define the problem and then you can't even have a, a legitimate discussion, a productive discussion about what to do about it because you've all of a sudden interjected this fantasy of yours that you're going to just get rid of every gun, 350 million guns in the country. You're just going to magically make them go away. Now, when I hear it, I just... I don't know if it's right or wrong, guys. I just shut the fuck down. I don't want to hear it. I, I just, I don't want to waste any more of my breath having discourse with people who think that is even a legitimate possibility. There are a lot of them, man. There really are. You know, every, every school shooting, we got to get rid of guns in America. Oh, my God. I, I, just, I just keep going back to life is not without risk and it never will be and this fantasy that Thank this God. fantasy that that something can ever be 100% safe is just that and 
Yeah. It's it's the fact that you have people that go, even one child shot in a school is, is one too many children. And to, and to go back to what we were talking about, drawing a parallel between abortion and guns, well, that's exactly how the, pro, the pro-birth people feel. Even one child aborted yeah. is one too many. Now, can you understand yeah. how they feel? I'm not asking you to, to agree with them, but do you understand where they're coming from? Because there's a lot more abortions than there are fucking kids being shot in this country, even if you add up all the accidental fuckeries with firearms. In fact, that's one of the that's one of the things that I took issue with, and and, and it's it's kind of pivoting, but it's still on the same subject with this David Hogg kid on the last Bill Maher. Him and his him and his ambiguously gay friend got on there and started talking down to a, to the whole oh, country. Oh, with those kids, they were fine. Uh, uh, the pre the pre the kids yeah. who haven't realized they're deeper in the closet than Narnia. Yeah, okay. But, but my point is, is that he had me up to the point where he got in there, and him and his buddy were like, "Thank you, elders, for fucking up the country. Now we'll fix it." And it was like, "You yeah, per, you right. presumptuous little cocksucker." Let me tell you something. You know what's going to happen to you, you piece of shit? Just like the hippies, you're going to grow up to be yuppies. And then you're going to fucking give yep. me the line from SLC Punk. I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Because you know what's more important? <laughs> tell me you didn't think that shit when you were that age. Of course I did. That's, but here's the, of course we did. And I, and I realized that I was full of shit. And, and they but, will, too. But yeah, they shouldn't they have will. to. They shouldn't be this delusional in the, with so much free-flowing information we have these days. And and here's the thing. I don't want to hear people go, well, maybe this will be different. If every time I go around a certain breed of dog, that dog bites me, why would I think this time's going to be different? Mm-hmm. Why would I think it's going to be different? But, okay, didn't nope. you think, though, that Let their stance was fair? Can I ask you a question? Well, hold on one second, though. Didn't you think that their stance was reasonable? I mean, they weren't calling for banning of guns. They were looking for... No, they are both actually supported the, the Second Amendment. Each one right. of them. It's the condescending tone that somehow they are in, more enlightened by virtue of the fact that they go to one of the wealthiest schools in one of the shittiest states in this fucking country. Mm-hmm. Okay, so congratulations. You're the smartest kids with Down syndrome. Why should we listen to you? I, I just they remind get me, off your high they horse, me kids. Of people that all that that think the only thing that we need is a vagina president to fix everything. That's what that reminded me of. You see, so the reason that this story has really stuck in the news that this is going to be seemingly be the one that makes change in this country is because this was the richest, whitest kids that got shot. I would say the reason we've talked about it as long as we have is because you hear a lot of things like, wow, these kids are so well-composed and, sp- and well-spoken, and they seem highly educated, and they're willing to think, yeah, I mean, they're willing to speak truth to power. And it's like, yeah, and you know what? I know plenty of people that did that when I was that age. I know plenty of people that did it before me when they were that age, and no one listened. This is, this is how it came off to me, though. If I, because I, I, I saw the... They're they're idealistic. They are naive, yes, but they are motivated, and I think that's the only that's the only thing you can really look for in people that are going to be running this country one day. And they seemed. <laughs> you just sort of contradicted yourself because they're not going to be that way when they're thirty-five. Motivated. Didn't you think? Didn't you feel that way when you were that age? 
So right. you're, you're sort of assuming that they're going to be the same motivated, idealistic, naive kids when they're 40 now, that they are right the, now. They won't no, be. No, I think – see, I, the way I see it is that the idealism is something that most people outgrow. And, yeah. And the motivation is something that is going to get you somewhere. If they stick with, I, I don't know. We're, I, I'm making you know, sweeping generalizations. Well, well, you know, I agree I, with you because I, I've said since I was 15 it, that the only people who can afford, the only people who can be idealistic to that point mm-hmm. are the young, the delusional, and the wealthy. That's it. That's it's, really it. Because it's an idealism well, Aaron, of privilege, d- is what you're saying. I guess if that's what you want to put it, it's an idealism of ignorance, really. Because if you're delusional, you're not dealing in reality. If you're wealthy, you live in a bubble. And I'm and I'm not saying seventy five thousand dollars a year and you live by yourself wealthy. I'm talking I can change the world wealthy, and you don't worry about you don't even know how much your meals cost or whether or not you can afford them. That type of wealthy and young people they haven't been beat down by life. They think, oh my God, every thought I'm having is the first time it's ever been had. And the truth is, there's nothing new under the sun going on. Right. It's just, they, they just get, this this generation just gives things new names and calls you a bigot if you don't call the, the things that we've already had names for by the new names. Case in point, hermaphrodite. That was a medical term. Now, all of a sudden, it's, a, it's, it's like calling a black person a nigger. I don't understand it. So what what do you what are you supposed to say? Intersex. But if you say intersexed, that's just as that's just as much a slur. Just shut up. Just serious. Just shut yeah, up. Just fuck those people. Fucking shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, now my question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My Ty. question, Aaron. What, what? No, it's cool. What I was going to ask you though. I mean, you kind of you kind of went into it with. Um, I, I think you sort of answered it. But these ki- these kids are young. They're 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 enthusiastic. They're idealistic. And as Rich said, obviously they think that every thought that they've come up with, every idea, and every every piece of uh, propaganda and doctrine is original to the world because they thought of it or they came up with it. But why do you suppose it is that when people get older, and that you know, as as Rich put it, life beats them down, and they they start to kind of, I guess maybe see their place in history and and realize that they're not. Uh, really all that original when it comes to a lot of why is it that people move to the right why is it that people become more conservative as they get older and why do you think why would you think that wouldn't happen to these kids Uh, why do i think it wouldn't happen to these kids um yeah because you said i don't know i i I, I I just that it would you know there's only I, let me clarify this because there's only there's just one piece of that 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 triggered me that may, that's making me sort of yeah, pin you down sure. on this is that you want these kids running the country but they're not going to be the same people I, that well, when minute. they're in a position to run the country. Okay, I don't know if these kids specifically are going to run the country, and I don't. I didn't necessarily say that I wanted them running the country. I just. If you're looking for who's going to be a, a leader of upcoming generations, it's going to be the people that are motivated. And mm-hmm. that, anyway, I, I don't know. I, I can but I can agree with that to an extent, but I also I also have to. I come back to what I try to explain to people who are voting age for the first time, 
maybe since 2016 that I work with. Mm -hmm. And I try to explain to them, look, I've been through this before. I was in your shoes in 2000 when W got elected. Well, excuse me. When W was appointed president by the Supreme Court. All right. And I watched in 2004 as everybody on the left who was pissed off about what happened in 2000 just ripped into every person who wasn't in lockstep support of John Kerry. Right. And now, once again, the true believer Kool-Aid drinkers on the right, they're a lost cause. Leave them alone. It's the best thing you can do. Don't give it. They're like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. Stuff it in its room and don't give it attention. It'll, it'll, it'll cry itself out. It's the people who are like, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. And these people were like, well, we want Kerry to win. But it was more important for them to score points over the Internet and on, and, and on discussion forums and to call people, you know, blue-collar scumbags and all this shit. Well, and you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, then you don't care about your, your cause. You care about scoring points. Yeah. That's and w well, they didn't up, have much of a candidate to run there. I well, mean, th well, that's true. But up until those kids on Bill Maher said, "Thank you, elders, for fucking up the world. Now we'll fix it." I was like, "You know what you just did? You just pissed over everything you've been doing for the previous two weeks." Uh, yeah, I don't know. You got a lot of people. I kind of got the. I, I don't think I went quite that far, but I I had a twinge of the same thing. It was a very cringy moment. Needless to say, it was. You know, I and, could I, to me, I can agree with that. And it was just like that. That is. It was kind of like how I uh, the the Black Panther movie. I watched it, and I was like, I agreed with most of the decisions that were made in that movie, but there were like four or five lines that I was just, oh <laughs> gosh, why did they have to go there? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah with the national drink but of I'm Wakanda, not, Grape Fago. I'm what? Not, that don't even make sense. <laughs> I'm not down on the on the movie in general. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. You know, I don't think that these kids are, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to be. I, I can say this. I could see that David Hogg kid trying to get into politics of some, of some extent. He's, you can tell that he's a project kid. And I don't mean project in a term like good times, Cabrini no, Green. I'm talking like he's a project. That, that mommy and daddy had him. And we're like, you're going to be a success whether you want to or not. Because you look at the way he carries himself, his from his haircut, everything, the way he dresses. That's the way most politicians come up, though. Exactly. Most successful ones. Exactly. My, I have a buddy. I have a buddy who. Thank you. That's for lack. I was trying to think of the word and I couldn't. I have a buddy whose dad was mayor of a city here in Michigan, and he's an only child. And you best believe he went to the best school they could afford to send him to. He played all the, the best sports and, and traveled in the best circles, had the best music education that he could get. Now he's, a, now he's a Ph.D. candidate in microbiology. And the only reason he didn't go into politics is because he took a look around and said, I just don't want to dip my toe in that muddy-ass water. That's it. I, don't, I, can't live, I can't live with myself being that dirty. So he just focused himself from politics, which is what his family was raising him to do, go into, to microbiology. And he's going to, one day, I'm going to have to call him Dr. Breen. And I'm like, that's fucked up. Because I remember when you were a 17-year-old beating on some drums. <laughs> Here's another question for you, Yes. Aaron. Uh, why do you suppose, I mean, you, you asked a question, I think, in sort of a, uh, 
sort of a negative context uh-huh. uh, as to why this is the movement that is sort of taking hold all of a sudden. Why do you suppose it is? Why is it that you think that this, oh, this going, shooting down in Florida, I'm this particular shooting, White. has gained as much traction as it has when the others, uh, the other shootings have failed? Yeah, no, rich and white. That's why. That's a lot of silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It, I don't know. Well, it's <laughs> we've we've we had this conversation a few episodes ago, but you know. Eight, what is it? Nine, no, wait a minute. Yeah, 19 years ago after after Columbine, the narrative that was being pushed was, oh, so now this happens in, in, a, in a rich, affluent suburb with a bunch of spoiled little rich white white kids and, and the country cares. When this has been happening in the, in the inner cities and in black neighborhoods and black schools for decades and no one cared. And it's amazing how in 19 years... It, that narrative went from that to when when this happened this time. It was, well, you never see these shootings in black neighborhoods. It's always these rich white kids shooting up there. You know, well, Ma, I wanted a blue Porsche. Daddy got me a red one. I got to kill everybody now and all this bullshit. I'm like, wow. Do, do we all have early onset Alzheimer's in this country? Can no one remember anything that happened longer than five years ago? Because I clearly remember that Eminem wrote a song about it. You know, yeah. they blame it on me and Marilyn and, and, and the heroin. But where were the parents at? That's a fucking number one hit. That album sold 15 million copies. You're telling me no one but me remembers that fucking line? Come on now. But that's because it, we're back to this generation. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, millennials. Sorry, Gen Z or whatever you're calling yourself. Well, welcome to what every generation has to realize. You think that you're just the most special and it's the first time for everything and that the world didn't exist before you. That's just not the truth. I had, I had a conversation with an 18 year old coworker about why modern family is the first time she's seen a gay character on TV and it was first time there was ever a gay character on TV or, and I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) Are you fucking serious? Will and grace, the bird cage, uh, six degrees of separation, my so-called life. That's not even 30 years ago, the, all these examples. These, were, the, these things came out in the same decades you were born in. Doogie Hauser. Uh, yeah, I, which I thought, I thought, I thought he was pulling a, a big prank on the world until I saw him really kiss his, his old man. I was like, okay, no one takes a joke that far. <laughs> Harold and Kumar had me convinced he was a pussy hound. Yeah, I'm gay. Gay for that pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's and it's just, I don't, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just come back to, I don't think we had such a, a dismissive attitude towards everything that came before us in the way that, that this generation does. But then again, we weren't a generation whose our cell phones are now built so we can take pictures of ourselves while we look at ourselves. And we didn't grow up with that. And we didn't grow up with social media. Yeah. And it's not it, it's your online avatar and what you present. Fake it till you make it type attitude. Haters make me famous type shit. No, if you got if you got constructive criticism when we were kids from a teacher, most likely you went home, cried to your parents, and they said, Well, show me what the teacher said. Show me where the lie is. 
because you are a little snot-nosed know-it-all, and you don't know shit about shit. <laughs> now shut the fuck up. I've been telling you that for six, 16 years. I've been telling you that for six months. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, now take that fuck, now, now, <laughs> take that ring out your nose, shut the fuck up, and pull your pants up. What the fuck's wrong with you? You know, I mean, and we were like, oh, I guess that's what we're going to have to do. And eventually most of us did. We understood. And it, fuck you, mom. I'm gonna go listen to my poison. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. There's there's no rebellion. Every rose does have its thorn. There's no re- there's no rebellion to be found on open up and say ah. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but I I don't know. That's that is basically at the end of that thing on Bill Maher with what his buddy said because it wasn't David Hogg that said it. And I almost wish they had had a two-shot to see his re- reaction exactly when his buddy said it, because I was thinking that he would probably be like, ooh, I don't, that's going to go over like a turd in a punch bowl, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. I did notice that they didn't get a close-up of him, a reaction shot. Yeah. They just got a close-up of the kids saying it, and then the whole audience going, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, uh, way to encourage the, their delusion. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Same audience that fucking <laughs> groans at, at any joke about a, a Democrat. That's another thing is how much yeah, of right. that was a core belief of his and how much of it was a fish that he had to throw to the, all the seals in the audience to make them do their trick. Now, the, that that was a lot of it. I'm sure of it. He got he it was, was easy you know, getting a little line. confidence in front of a studio audience, knew he had a friendly crowd. Yeah. And here, let me, let me throw this out and get an applause line. And that's something that at least... For the most part, even when I was younger, I didn't ever like being pandered and condescended to. It, it, it never. That would. It never worked with me. I might have done that. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> if I was like, if I was that kid's age and I had the mentality I had at that kid's age, I'd have been like, "Who's this half fag on here speaking for on behalf of my entire generation? Fuck him, blow dried jerk! You're gonna be ripping people's pensions yeah. off on Wall Street when you're 25. Oh, Shut up! I would have called him a sellout for sure. Like you know, but and again, but, but let's put let, let's let's try to let, let let's try to be a little empathetic though. The kid's 18. He wasn't in the media spotlight before what three weeks ago, I guess. And now all of a sudden he's on Bill Maher. In front of an audience, a host, and a panel that is encouraging him and sort of fluffing him along the way, right? And he gets a moment where he's feasting upon this attention. You're 18 years old. You're not thinking rationally. Now, I wonder if when he got home, or <laughs> got back to the hotel, I guess, <laughs> I wonder what thoughts went through his head when he thought about that line. Because I, I can see that. I can see me being 18 years old, being in that situation. And wanting, just craving that, you know, yeah, from the audience. Mm-hmm. And maybe losing control of my uh, rational faculties a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely sympathetic to that idea. Yeah. I don't I don't think I want to judge the kid too much. I mean, if, if, if it were a 40-year-old 40, 40 that had done that or somebody like, I, I can't think of anybody in, in particular, but... <laughs> He's, he wasn't a savvy media veteran. I, let's put it this way: I kind of felt the yeah. same way, and this is going this is going deep into uh, a couple years ago on Bill Maher when before the latest shit with Anthony Weiner happened, when the initial yeah. Yeah. texting, but it wasn't like 
him f- with his rock hard dick in his underwear with his in, in newborn baby laying next to him. He wasn't hadn't, we hadn't caught him sending those pictures out yet. Jesus, no, that's what he did. That's yeah, what yeah, exactly yeah. what he did. He went in a newborn next to him. I didn't see. Oh that. yeah, he was kind of like what was he? He was like laying down on the couch with the baby, and he's kind of cradle in it. But he was in his underwear, and he was like, "Check out how big my dick is." Yeah, he had boxer briefs on, and you could tell he was he was fucking dude. He was blue steel up underneath those boxer briefs. Crop the baby out of the picture. No. <laughs> Wait, you what? Yes, yes. His head was cropped out of the picture. Baby's face was fully in full view. Secretly, he just wanted to prove that it was indeed as big as a baby's arm. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. But anyways, before he was holding an apple. (laughs) This is where... And this is a politician. But now, this was before he got caught doing that. He just got caught cheating on his wife. He went on Bill Maher to do the apology tour. Yeah. He got on there. He did the the bottom lip biting. Yeah, it looked like he could come back from it this is anthony weiner's like yeah and he was revival. on the panel and and one of the republicans on the panel said something and he acted like he just didn't get caught with his dick and another woman and his wife found out and the whole country found out and got on his fucking moral high horse and was just like throwing down judgment like odin would throw down lightning at people and i'm like do you not realize that five minutes ago you were just doing the Clinton lip bite, asking for forgiveness from the country, and now you're going to start fucking claiming to have some moral high ground here just because this guy's got an R by his that. name? Exactly. And it was this cringy. I cringed. I was like, oh, God. You know, I for a minute I was rooting for you. Now fuck yeah. you, douchebag. You know, the, the Odin comparison is apt because I think when – when you survive a scandal like that, like he feels I like am bulletproof, <laughs> right? No, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like the goddamn right, nobody else could cast judgment on him. They tried and failed, and he's and he's still there. I think Jesus Christ! I mean, if he's going to survive that, if you get that sense, if you're Anthony Weiner and you're in that position, you feel like you're Odin. What does Trump feel like at this point? Oh, he's three and a half inches of just diamond cutter below oh, his Jesus. waist. He's goddamn Christ. Oh, I mean, dude, the, the, right? The Stormy Daniel shit. Are they even the BBC, that story? The BBC fucking put the best headline grab, ever. Like, grab the pussy thing. I mean, Jesus Christ, that that destroys every other candidate in history. Hey, we just laughed it off. Oh, that's just Trump. It destroyed. Billy Bush. John Edwards. Jesus no, Christ. destroyed Billy Bush. And for just daring to oh, be did, in earshot of him saying <laughs> yeah. it. His tell, career's over. Tell millennials about John <laughs> Edwards about and they that. won't even believe the story. Yeah. They, well, like, no, he must have like killed somebody or something. And dude, I thought for sure John Edwards was going to, in 2004, was going to take it. Why? He's good looking. He's from the South. Yeah. He had everything going yeah. for him. Oh, oh, he had it in the Bag. And he just couldn't keep his dick under control, man. Right. And now versus uh, the Stormy Daniel story, where it doesn't even really matter. Doesn't phase anybody. BBC Why? Because makes headlines and make jokes about dog. it. He's, he's just a gun for hire. It doesn't matter if he's moral or not. Listen, guys, this is the problem. I, 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 I hope that we have... I don't know if this is the time to do it. I know we're a long ways into this, but this is this is the crux of so much that we we have got to figure out how to get some some reasonable sense back into people's heads. You know, we're 
We're so tribalized and divided that they don't care. People that voted for Trump, people that support Trump do not care about any of this shit because he's theirs. How do you break that spell? And the Democrats would be the same way. Oh, the Democrats are. The Democrats insist on playing identity politics, and that's going to be their undoing in 2018. And if they don't learn their lesson by 2020, it's another four years of Trump. Fully agree with that. No, actually, I, I, I'm going to amend that. I'm going to make a, uh, a Todd Stradamus prediction. Every year in the uh, midterms, the sitting president party loses seats. It's going to be a bloodbath, comparatively speaking, for the Republicans in November. So prepare yourself for that. And also prepare, prepare yourself for the Democrats to say, oh, well, it's a blue tide and we're going to sweep our way to the white. Well, if you remember 2010, same thing happened with the Tea Party. Remember the Tea Party wave that came into power in 2010? Oh, yeah. And then Obama was elected again in 2012. Anyway, point being that this identity politics, the stuff you're talking about, exa- you're absolutely right. If they don't get that shit under control by 2020 and they don't figure out a way other than unity via division – as some sort of a platform plank, uh, we will have four more years of Trump. I guarantee fucking it. Well, you know, today... I guarantee fucking Today, as we're recording, it's it's the 8th. It's International Woman's Day. And I saw a quote from a website I follow on Facebook called Big Think. And it was a quote from a woman who was an abolitionist and a woman's su- uh, suffrage, you know, fought for women's, women's rights. And this was in the early 1900s. And she said, don't ask me about women's rights. Don't ask me about men's rights. I don't know anything about them. I only know about human rights. Now, if that woman was alive today and said that today, she would be considered a pariah to the left and to the feminist. And how do I know that? Because I've said that to people and they go, oh, you don't care about women's rights? No, I don't care about gay rights. I don't care about straight rights. I care about human rights. We're all born just supporting the patriarchy. Yeah, well, yeah, well, but, but I mean, it's just that's 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 how that's how bash backwards we are right now. To where the left can't even get together and go, you know what? Let's stop splitting hairs. Let's stop debating how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, and try to get on the same page, and at least keep. You know what? My family was fucked up. We had the common sense to draw the shades when we when we did our fucked up family shit. Democrats live in a glass house with no fucking curtains. And it's like, what do you expect? What do you expect? I mean, it was the whole thing, you know, with Hillary. She's well, I'm all for, you know, women, this women, this women, this. Well, what about all the women that you and, and, and Slick Willie there? left a, a trail of just broken women just to make sure he stayed in the White House and got, got elected in the first place and then stayed there for a full eight years. Oh, and then any time I brought that up, every feminist I know said, he's not running for president, stop talking about him. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about what her and her sycophants in that inner circle did to these women. They destroyed Paula Jones. They destroyed fucking Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, and, and well, that's what they were talking about. That's that's what the the Democrats or the, I'm sorry, the Republicans were talking about through the campaign. I mean, they had them in the audience during that one debate, right? And just because I don't agree with the Republicans doesn't mean they weren't right on that issue. Broken clocks right twice a day. Hillary is not the great white hope for women. It's not going to happen. And I really, I've said this before. This bitch just needs to go away. 
She really she's doing more Please. damage to the party every time she on the Grammy. She comes on and reads from some book and everybody. Hey, I guarantee you, you could just hear if you listened real close, the massive sound of people going click after they saw her on the Grammys. And yeah. then and then the ratings for the Grammys come out. They drop 30 percent from the year before. Academy Awards just happened. Lowest rated Academy Awards ever. Super Bowl happened. Lowest rated Super Bowl in eight years. Why? Because people have insisted on both sides, but it really started with the left, this intersectional politics. You have to insert politics into everything. And it's like you can't just have a night where people get up and accept their award and cry because they're just so stunned at how great they are. And, and we go, hey, look at the pretty people. Wonderful. And that be the end of it? No, they got to get up and they got to preach to us about the, the, the horrific sexual abuse and, and assault that goes on in their industry and how it's our problem. No, it's not our fucking problem. Wasn't Meryl Streep up there two years ago giving fucking Harvey Weinstein praises? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Telling me that she didn't know two years ago what was going on with him? Even though you had Courtney Love making jokes about it on the red carpet 15 years ago? I mean, once again, we all have early onset Alzheimer's in this country. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It does not matter because people go, this is my guy. I don't care. They have a, they have a yep. pat answer. The, the evangelicals go, well, you know what? Trump is a flawed human being, but that we all are flawed human beings. We all fall short of the glory. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us. What about Clinton? What's well, your name's Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, he's a fucking horrible rapist and, you know, child molester. He's, he, well, he's a this, child of sight. This is my stance on politics at award shows and stuff like this. Like, first of all, I'm not against anyone speaking their mind, regardless of their profession, right? But uh, a lot of them see this as their opportunity to speak their mind. Now, all, all entertainment, all art, anything is i mean it is political right art is political for the for the for the All most is for the most part a book. and that's and that's your opportunity when you're expressing yourself through your art to communicate your ideas if you have very political ideas they will come across through your work um that's why you're an actor a writer movie producer and not a public speaker so this is not your strong suit, right? And it also makes for really bad television and bad entertainment. So I don't understand the point of using that as your platform. If you believe passionately about something, let's see it in your work. Well, it's also... That's how you you've chosen to communicate because that's how you communicate best, through your art, not through getting dressed well, up, accepting you, an award, and then shaming everybody else. Do you suppose it's the same same affliction the kid had on Bill Maher, where you get in front of people, friendly audience, and you get your chance to go up there and spout something off and get this huge uh, applause? Well, that's what I was going to say. You never hear. It's always one side preaching to the choir. Yep. You don't hear anybody who who leans to the to the right politically or anybody who's just a centrist get up 
and say something that speaks to their political beliefs because they would be a pariah by the by the end of that night. They would be feasted on on Twitter. Twitter would tear them apart. The Twitter outrage would reach fucking ridiculous levels. And the sad part is, is that Twitter ain't even the majority of people. They're just very vocal and are very motivated to destroy people's lives who they disagree with. I mean, what was the infamous story about the lady who was going to Africa and tweeted something off, and then by the time she landed in Africa, she'd lost her job and, and all this shit, and she was like, what? My phone, I was on airplane mode. I didn't have internet. What happened? At least she didn't get AIDS. At least she didn't get AIDS, yeah, you know? I mean, but I, it, to, to go back to answer your question, Todd, I don't even know if there is a way to fucking to to break the spell anymore, because... You can't help someone who don't want help. And no one here sees they have a problem. And the example I've used, it's the pretty guy with the chiseled jaw and the pearly white teeth and the perfect hair and all the right tattoos and piercings at the party, blowing smoke up everybody's ass, telling them everything they want to hear, telling them things they already know so they can go, whoa, he identifies with me. And they're just being bullshitted. And meanwhile, it's the acne pockmarked kid in the corner, chain smoking, drinking PBR, with nicotine stained teeth telling the truth, being told to shut the fuck up because, hey, you're not pretty enough to tell us the truth. Sorry. Doesn't work that way. What's the point? What's the end game then? Let's burn this well, motherfucker down, Pookie! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I, I completely agree. With I have you. no idea. Man, man. This is this is what I struggle with, and uh, it's why <laughs> this podcast of mine is. Uh, well, I, I won't say it's on life support, but I did this three years ago, and I came to a lot of the same conclusions. And uh, I, I ask myself all the time, "Who the fuck am I talking to? Who the fuck am I reaching?" And I can't answer that. The overwhelming evidence afoot, uh, unless I'm talking to somebody and I'm looking them straight in the eye, typically when I'm out traveling, is that I'm talking to a bunch of fucking zombies. Brains, outrage, libtard. You can't reach them. You can't reach any of these people who are, who are so locked in the, do the doctrine, the dogma, and the echo chambers. What is the fucking point then? I mean, at, at some point, you know, I had this thing that I came up with uh, last year based on this cop killer guy that I, I uh, got a ride with and traveled with a little bit back in 2008. It's called the Dennis Doctrine, where I think I've told you about this, Rich, but I haven't talked to Aaron. I'm, I don't, I'm assuming nobody else that's listening to this has ever heard about it, but it's basically if you want to help tea. someone, you find someone, come across someone who needs help. Cop killer guy, right? Or what's that <laughs> he said he said were you did you hitch a ride with ice t the cop killer guy you know because ice t had a song called cop killer never mind <laughs> now this guy was blown up in an oil well uh i'll, I'll give you the whole stories uh maybe later on but uh, the, the point of the, the the dentist doctrine is that this guy needed help he was blown up in an oil well he had psychological problems had problems in his marriage couldn't deal with the physical pain and the psychological pain of what happened to him in the oil well. So he was drinking himself to death. He needed help. He knew he needed help. He knew where his life was going, but no one could help him because he couldn't physically bring himself to use stand up and use his own legs. So you have a choice to make when you run into people like this, that you have a choice. You either sit in the ditch with them and sort of lose control and lose your own path, 
or you move the fuck on. You walk on and, and you know, sort of leave them to fate, as it were. And with Dennis, he wound up shooting three cops in Colorado, killing one, and then shot himself. But what was I? So, yeah, I mean, from my my position, what is what was I or anyone else supposed to do to help him if he couldn't or wouldn't help himself? You have to move the fuck on, or else you're going to get lost down your own path. You're going to have to sacrifice your well-being and the path that you're on to sit in the ditch with someone who just cannot use their own legs. I'm getting to that point with people, this culture, this society, where it's almost time to just say, you know what, y'all are fucked. You're fucking yourselves, and you don't care. So it's time to take the Carlin approach and get the front seat to the freak show and just watch and pray to God that... (laughs) <laughs> something that that the damage isn't that when it when people finally wake the fuck up and things get so bad that the damage isn't so bad that the pieces can't be picked up and put back together again. I, I often that's where we're I, headed. Kids. I often think of the one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, uh, the garbage commissioner episode featuring Steve Martin, where he finally gets his job back and he gets up and makes like he's going to give this acceptance speech and he says you're. I, you're all screwed. I'm out of here. I'm done with you people. Like, and I'm just waiting for the, a politician to get up and say that, to actually get elected off and say, I'm just kidding. Like, this is, I can't Fuck see how this you. is going to work out. <laughs> Fuck you people. Yeah. I, 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 I'm almost to the point where I, I, this is what I do. I try to go through my day-to-day life and limit these conversations, limit dwelling on these things to people who are willing to have a conversation, who are willing to concede a point. Yeah. And understand if I concede a point that that doesn't mean it's time to get up and do a victory lap because that you didn't win anything. You just gained a tiny bit of ground. But- I'm going to try and and glass half full this thing, right? So we've talked a come hard. (laughs) A lot of times when we talk about Twitter, we we say this realizing that not everybody is on Twitter, right? That most of what gets passed around is a very vocal minority of people, and that's. I think that's true. With like, there's only so many people we can meet in the world, right? And we can we just make up uh, we make assumptions about everybody else, and, and until you're able to like meet somebody and look them in the eye and understand that they are you know a real person with complex thoughts and opinions, then it's so easy to just think that the majority of people out there are this vocal minority of the mindless zombies, like you were describing, Todd. Um, no, I, 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 I fully agree with you, actually. This is, my, this is what I've called. I don't know if you listen to the uh, – I, I forget what the episode was named on my podcast, but this is the one kernel of what I call sausage party hope that I have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's like really small. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like uh, the, almost lotto chance of, of this coming to fruition, right. but that's it, where you have to sit down, and that's kind of what I was suggesting to, to, to uh, Rich earlier today, is one of the reasons I, I was thinking about coming up to Detroit and doing this in person, so we could actually look each other in the face, 
and have and see what the difference is uh, in having a face-to-face organic conversation as opposed to one over Skype. But I think that's it. I think you're absolutely right. But the problem is, is that the national narrative, the social narrative, the collective narrative is not being drawn and driven by people looking each other in the face and having a real human interaction, a human conversation. It's done on Facebook. It's done virtually with avatars. Mm-hmm. We're in, and that's what's driving the, the, the conversation and it's driving the car off the cliff. We're in the, we're in the very beginnings, the tip of the spear, if you will, of a new way of communicating ideas to society and right now we're totally letting the inmates run the asylum we haven't learned to go yeah everybody's got a voice and you got a right to use it but a lot of people just need to be ignored i mean it's just all there is to it mm-hmm. and i mean one of the things that one of the things that i find that, that's the scariest but also gives me a little bit of hope is when i have conversations with with coworkers who are younger than me and i say something and they stop dead in their tracks and they don't say shit for five, ten seconds, and they go, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, oh, shit. I wasn't even trying to to get that moment from them. I was just talking, you know? We were just having a conversation. And it, But at the, it, it, at the same time, it gives me hope. It scares me. It's like, what is going on to where this really? younger generation it you isn't thinking? heard that before? Yeah, isn't thinking for themselves to think around corners. I mean, Jordan Peterson, who's starting to get a lot of fame in, in certain circles and infamy in other circles, you know, he took 15 years to write his first book. And what he did is he attacked every premise he came to in that book from every angle he could. And as a result, his book is damn near bulletproof and he said that's that's what we need to do we need to start thinking in those terms not just this is what i believe and reverse engineer it backwards and get a set of beliefs that support what i believe that's what that's what religion does and we you know we we in my mind rightfully so call them on the carpet for it when they do it because it's like look it's fine to have faith it's fine to want to believe in an afterlife it's not fine to work backwards from an assumption and demand that everyone else feel that same way i'd highly recommend that uh that john stewart mill book i was i sent you Mm -hmm. that on liberty uh it's old i think early mid mid 1850s 1860 around there somewhere go check that out dude because he goes into exactly that it's almost like taking a scientific method to ideas and opinions and attacking him not shutting anybody up not uh shutting opinions down but actually welcoming them and welcoming them into the conversation so that you know that you're moving toward truth rather than reinforcing dogma and doctrine. Well, and th- and Man, it's a big part of that. There part. again, you know, I I had a very long conversation with my brother this week, and it went back to where it always goes with him and I. He's very left leaning, but he's very authoritarian. He wants to regulate and create laws that make everyone fall in the lockstep, mm-hmm. and he wants to shut down speech he doesn't like. And I'm like, do you understand how hard it is for me? to even deal with someone like you because I've never said shut that person up because they're saying something I don't agree with based solely on that. Now, if you're walking around advocating like, you know, rape, murder, and 
obviously that's a different fucking story. I shouldn't even need to say that, but in today's climate, you do, because you always got one person go, oh, you didn't denounce rape and murder. That's not what I'm talking about. And anyone <laughs> with half a brain, a couple brain cells rubbed together know that. I touched on that earlier. But you know, exactly. You're, <laughs> like you're exactly people, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it just, it, that's the thing. That's the enemy of free thought that, that is in play right now, mm-hmm. where they're very happy going, we don't like what you have to say. Shut up. Right. It's the same thing with the the big government issue that we were talking about earlier, where, you, you know, uh, conservatives want government to be small, except for in areas where somebody's doing something they don't like. Mm-hmm. And then they want government yeah. to be big yeah. enough to stomp it down. Yeah. And then you just have the unfortunate delusional people, people who are just, these are, I guess, the people that would fall under the Dennis Doctrine. For me, these are the people that you try to have a conversation and, you know, the first things out their mouth is, well, this is a Christian, Christian country founded on the New Testament. Done. And I'm just like, we're done. Yeah. There's nothing to talk about here. <laughs> done. Yeah. Yeah. Show me show me anywhere. First of all, what are the first 10 amendments of, of to the Constitution called? If you can tell me that, maybe I'll listen to what you got to say. Uh, the first ten amendments. Okay, all right. Second of all, show me anywhere in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights where Jesus is specifically mentioned. <laughs> you can't because it's not our Creator, motherfucker. I know. What What's the connection between religion and guns? Like, I can't figure that one out. Why Why do people? It's Joseph Goebbels. I'm telling you, like, it's all Goebbels. The idea that God, it's a God given right. You know, people. A lot of people don't even just talk about it as you know a, a right. An American right. It's a God-given right I, to have guns. You can't explain it, man. There is no explanation. You can't rationally come to a conclusion that explains that because there isn't one. I, yeah. It's just these little fucking dots yeah. that uh, the propagandists connected. Then put a fucking flag around. I mean, it's... God, guns, and what's the other one? The Bible. You know, it's... it's God, guns, and there's another one. What's the other one? You know, to me, it's like we were talking about self-driving cars at work, and they're like, you know, because in this, the job I do, I, do, I deliver. They're like, well, you're going to be phased out in five, ten years, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, and what happens when the first car gets hacked? What happens when people realize that these cars are programmed to where if it's you or a pedestrian, the pedestrian has the right of way, so your self-driving car is going to kill you. No, it's not. This is not going to happen. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You say that with such certainty. I asked the question. I think I'm being more realistic. Uh, you are saying that with certainty based on what? Based on, I'm not a fucking programmer, so based on nothing. But Here's the thing. Until that's addressed, I'm not going to buy a self-driving car. <laughs> oh, believe me, a self-driving Until car I'm would... pretty fucking sure that it's not going to be hacked. So I don't really have to worry about but, that. But, I mean, here's the thing. Well, People go, well, so... so what... me an example out of all the millions of drivers out of there over, <laughs> over the last, like, hundred years. Show me an example of one driver that's had been in a position to make that type of decision for themselves. What I'm getting at is it that... It doesn't happen. What I'm getting at is this. <laughs> they go, oh, so instead of the car making a decision, it should come down to who has better reflexes, better hand-eye coordination? Yes! That's, the that's thing. called survival of the fittest. Yes, it should. Right. 
I hate to break it to you. It reminds me, well, it reminds me of like autopilots on airplanes, you know. Well, what if they're hacked and they fly it into the Himalayas? You know, I, it's, it seems like there's a direct parallel there. Between having your fucking airplane on autopilot and having a car on autopilot. But once again... It's, once, it's pretty standard practice to put a plane on autopilot, and I don't recall ever hearing about them being hacked. Once again... They're connected to a network somewhere because they have to be satellite-guided. Right? The nuances of the, of the situation were completely lost in the conversation because they weren't interested in having the nuances of the conversation because if someone would have brought that up, I'd have said, you're absolutely right. But let's be honest. How many planes are in the sky versus how many cars are on the ground? And on top of that... Every plane, True. just because it goes on autopilot, doesn't mean you can't take manual control over it. These people weren't advocating for a car that you can that can go be you know autopilot or manual control. They wanted it all manual control. Right. All you do is get in and fucking take me here, and it drives you there on your way to work. Yeah, and you're just like popping forties and doing rails on the way to work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which fuck it. You know what? I'm for fucking self driving cars. <laughs> I, Dude, you just convinced me. Thank you. You know why? And I love this idea. <laughs> Take me to the bar, Jeeves. I'll name my car well, Jeeves. You Jeeves. Know, I, I was thinking about like this when we were talking about guns too, because you know the, the idea of uh, of trying to get guns banned in this country, you know, uh, based on a handful of deaths, you know. I, the next logical step would be like, okay, well, what what other deaths can we prevent? Okay, well, if you're fighting if self-driving cars, if you want to have your own, if you want to pilot your own car on the automobile, we got to make that illegal too. Because look at all these people that are dying in these right. human-piloted right. cars versus these automated ones. And I actually so, did hear the argument made on NPR by someone during their auto show. So it'll get to the point where it's it's not about... Do you trust a self-driving car? It's, are you still able to have a manually po uh, piloted car without having some kind of special license or involved in Insurance. sports or something like that? You know, but you won't yeah. be able to just get in your car and go on a commute. Well, I mean, but that's, that goes back to one of the things I was saying at work about David Hogg and his buddy, who I can't remember his name, but I was like, you know... How many preventable deaths are due to people not having access to the health care they need? I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, uh, hundreds of thousands a year. We're not even close to that number, even if you just want to get pure fuckery with firearms. It's nowhere close to 100,000. Yeah. That, that is one thing that you have to keep in mind. If you're, if you're really interested in just decreasing the number of needless deaths in this country and you want to work big to small you will never get to gun control as an issue no you will never have the nope. time Heart disease cancer yeah. mental illness right. how about focus on yeah. let's right. keep the vaccinations going well, let's not give up on that. That's been working for a while now, right? Yeah, but Jenny McCarthy's so hot. She told me that it's a bad idea. And maybe if I don't vaccinate my kids, she'll on, give Oprah. me a piece of ass right. down the line. Let's talk about preventative Oprah wants to be president. Healthcare. Yeah, Oprah for president. Oh, my God. Jesus. Let's talk about... We're not going there. Please, for the love of God, I cannot wake anybody in this house up. I need to stay on good terms with people. Do not bring that... <laughs> uh. 
No. Uh, so anyway, you know, you're you're right about that, though. And 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 again, that brings it right back to what I I, I I'm afraid I sound like a broken record, but that that's exactly right. If you really want to have a dialogue about preventing as many useless, needless deaths as possible, you've got a plethora of things you can attack, but you can't because. You know, there's a, there's on the left, there's the gun thing. On the right, I guess there's abortion or whatever the parallel is on the other side of the dialectic. So how how do you break through that? How do you start having a real conversation? Because if you can't, if you can't do that, just pointing it out, pretty at some point becomes an act of rhetorical masturbation. Right. Well, right? okay, but let, let me pose this question to you then. If we agree that we live in a time where we see more less needless death than ever uh you know a lot less death from your war famine or uh what have you you know uh, just starvation um if we can agree that all of that is improved what is the cause of that and do, what is the cause of what, what is the cause of that <laughs> Of us reaching this point, do we think it's government that's gotten us to this point where we're tribalism? Where, where we're safer it's tribalism than ever? and just jumping on to whatever it is that will push our agenda and, and push our tribe to, uh, closer to power and make the other tribe. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> but I don't know. Uh, uh, crash test dummy whatever you want well, to say it's it's our us versus them. That's what does it. That's why you can't have these conversations. And there is, when you say, if we agree, we don't have to agree. There's fucking statistics. There are basic facts on all of this stuff. You and I do not have to come to the same sort of opinion. We can look at the same numbers. Uh-huh. And it's a fact. There are such things as facts anymore. I mean, you wouldn't know it to talk to 90% of the fucking country. Maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic. We'll say 60% of the country. You wouldn't know there are facts. <laughs> but... So if you're asking me if that's a legitimate question, why are we here? It's because I think I think it's because of the echo chamber, tribalism, the propaganda wars, and this willful lobotomized ideological religion zombie shit that leads people to look at facts and then turn them to fit whatever it is they want to believe. I think more what I'm wondering that, is, can the government prevent deaths anyway? <laughs> like. Well, all this talk about... I just went off on that rant. You weren't even talking about that? (laughs) (laughs) This is all all part of the conversation. (laughs) We need need like a button that like glows red when I start going off on something I'm not supposed to. I I don't mean to to blow it up into such existential proportions that we can't even talk about it anymore, but all this idea of the government regulating things to keep us safe from certain from from dying needlessly is this anything that the government is good at accomplishing historically like do we do we attribute any of our success as a human race to our individual governments and their plans and their machinations Two things. That rant of mine was fucking wonderful despite being off base I would like a copy of it. Second thing yes OSHA you said OSHA? Yeah. Right. OSHA, yeah. Yeah, I think the government did a good job in making the worst workplace a hell of a lot safer than it was 100 years ago. Yeah. 
But for but for like every that. but for every example that you can pose like that, uh, there's probably many more innovations that just happened organically in the free market. The FAA, Highway Safety, yep. Transportation Safety Administration. I'm glad the government's involved there. But when it comes... I, I don't think I would want United and American um, leaving their safety and... <laughs> but when it, when, it, when it comes to the, the free market and innovation, uh-huh. a lot of times what you have is a Wozniak job situation. You got Woz who just wanted to see a computer do something he'd never seen it do before. He had no interest in being a ruthless capitalist and crushing the competition. Right. It took Steve Jobs to go, you know what? Go to work in this fucking garage. I'll do all the fucking legwork. And that's what happens. I, you know, I, was, I was explaining this to my little brother. A lot of the breakthroughs that we've had, it, they don't come from the boardroom. They come from people who work for people in the boardroom going, I've never seen this and I want to. Or this is an issue and I want to solve right. this issue. Somebody else that and then some, it. And then somebody else takes advantage of that because it's like, it's like the person who come up with the, the, the chicken nugget, they're not a millionaire. McDonald's as a corporation is a huge corporation that made a lot of money off chicken nuggets though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you hear like urban legends like the, the 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 one franchise for little caesars who invented the hot and ready there was a briefcase full of cash delivered to him and it had five million in it you know and shit like that but that's probably about as likely as rod stewart getting a gallon of semen pumped out of his stomach you right. know what i'm saying i mean it's just let's be honest it's just probably not very likely it probably just seemed like a lot of semen yeah <laughs> like more semen than you would expect from rod stewart's stomach well yeah yeah you know your average loads what 10 cc's they probably got 30 out of them you know so uh, <laughs> wow but <laughs> i'm sorry todd you're about to say something i stepped on you no i'm glad you did your comment was better than mine. I was just going to ask. I mean, what? How much semen would it have to be to mistake it for a gallon? No, I'm just lot, saying, when man. it's more than you expect, then the story just gets blown up. You know, it's a game of telephone at yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's a liter of semen? How long does that take to collect it? Uh, to a gallon. Well, I've been on a site. Don't go, don't you Google? No, that. I didn't Google don't it. But Google I've that. been on a site called eFucked, and there's an answer to that question. <laughs> you will have to look for it yourself, dear listener. I'm not going to tell you what that happens. <laughs> Come to the Escaping the Cave podcast next week, and I'll share the answer with you, loyal listeners. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just put it this way: All watching right. the outtake, this 90 pound chick probably weighed 85 pounds when she got done with the garbage can. So I was like, wow, oh, that's a lot. I completely lied. I'm not giving that information. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Aaron just gave me this look like he's either horrified or interested or a little bit of both. So I'm like... uh, Just confused. (laughs) Wow. So did we accomplish anything tonight? Did we save the world? Uh, Fuck no. We do what we do every night. We deconstruct the world and end with nihilism. (laughs) Burn this fucker down. I don't know, dude. I don't know where else to end. I've looked, you know, sausage party. You gotta give them hope. Fuck you. There is none. I, honestly, I can't. I don't want to say that. 
I think I, I just to put a bow on this, just so I don't come off like a complete total pissed off loser and angry man. I think Aaron is absolutely right. I think that uh, going back to what we were talking about toward the end there, if, if you really want to get through to people, you have to do it face to face, and you ha- you can't do it in a group. You can't do it while they're you know collected off in their mobs somewhere. You have to do it individually, looking them in the eye, and uh, with those folks who I think you can deem and judge to be interested in an actual conversation rather than doctrinal warfare. Is it doctrinal or doctrinal? It's doctrinal. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sure. I heard it pronounced differently this week. I've gotten a little self-conscious about using that word, and it's a big one. Well, you know, yeah, but, every uh, once in a while, that's every, the only thing I can think of. switch up the pronunciation to keep people on their toes. Keep one step ahead of them. Ah, yeah. No, there's a reason why you still listen. To learn how to pronounce words correctly that you've read in books. And how many ejaculations it takes to fill a liter bottle. Okay. <laughs> Efuck.com. It's your best friend. This last two minutes has just really seriously got, gotten completely schizophrenic. I'm pitching. It's like talking about, let's save the country through conversations looking each other in the eye and having real doctrinal conversations and I think it's approximately 200 ejaculations into that liter bottle but I get it kind of near the top well you know everybody's got a different load production right so I'm picturing like this website has one of those like calculations when you want to figure out like how bad your credit is versus how much your car payment's going to be (laughs) (laughs) you're like I want to fill one liter in one month and I come approximately, you know, two tablespoons. How many times do I have to jerk off two, to fill this bottle? Two on your on your best day, you come two tablespoons. Come on, you're a thimble at your age. Not all of us can be Peter North. Come on now. No, it's it, 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 it depends. You know, if you, how backed up are you? If you've gone a couple weeks, if you if you get if you find a new video that you've never seen before, and your excitement levels up. I mean, I could tell you for, I could tell you for, for you know, I, I, you get married, you're with a woman for 10 years, you ask questions, and she's like, yeah, I could tell it's been a minute, and you were awfully excited that time, and I'm like, I don't need to hear the rest of this, but I'm kind of proud of myself. Please, go on. <laughs> <laughs> really, if you're backed up two weeks in, the day, in this day and age, there's something wrong with you. That's your own goddamn fault. If you're backed up for two Either weeks, or, I can see it. You know, in the '70s when you had to have a VHS or beta tape. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Betamax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take care of your yeah, shit. But even then, you there ain't no reason for you to be backed up for two weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. So is that the note to go out on? <laughs> yeah. This is... Well, I don't know if I let it go any longer. What note we're actually going to end on? So. I, I don't want to keep digging. I think <laughs> yeah. I, I know there's a lot more worse. Down there, I just don't want to keep digging right now. Yes. Oh, I can go there if you no. want. We never, you know, we never got to uh, the Google Wisdom thing. That was one of the notes that I took, and the Sinclair Media. Th- I mean, we we can we can keep going, kids. There's always more to talk about, but I, we got to <laughs> we got to wrap it up for tonight. So we'll yeah. say thank you for listening. You can uh, catch us where at uh, ChristopherMedia.net, iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, every place you find all these places where you can can also rate and review uh, different podcasts as well as our podcasts like uh, well this one and other uh, podcasts that we do like Sporgy and The Weedsman 
And, yeah. yeah. Escape, escape in the Cave, so that's and its own escaping site? Escaping the Cave. Yeah, escapingthecave.com. Okay. That's my website where you can get all my links and stuff there, too. Uh, I think if you go to the Christopher Media site, you can click on my website. I think it takes you directly over there. Okay. I switched my feed, uh, so it made things a little harder on Chris, so we just basically uh, swapped everything over to my stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yep. And thanks again, Todd, for joining us on this episode. Two, two teaspoons of my ass. <laughs> Thimble and And we'll see you next week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Later, guys. Take care, guys. Bye. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.